right, good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the sixth day of February 2015, and it is Friday, about 12.08. So if that all works out where you're at, given your uh, time zone coefficient, live. Live means... But the difference between it, the main difference anyway, between it is that you can. A couple different ways to participate. Uh, the uh, first way is you can go to. Radio.com. Uh, right now, right this second, if you do that, if you go to one and then you go to the other, you will see two different looking, not a lot different looking, but a little different looking website. Because I'm in the uh, process of uh, updating the front page. Uh, well, I got one done and then decided to call it a night because... But it doesn't. It's it's not a critical update or anything like that. I figured, hey, you know, I'll do it today. I and it is my plan to do. So, if you want to get a last look at the old front page, you got to look at theamericanvoice.com. If you want to see the new one, it'll be at American Radio. Anyway, once you get to either one, you click the uh, chat link, go to the chat room, and you'll be in there, and you can, or not, you can just chat with the other folks, and don't forget, you know, you don't have to wait until my show's on, or anybody else's show is on, in particular, to go to the chat room. It is open 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. Okay. It's kind of, it's like a suicide hotline that way. Well, except for those suicide hotlines where you get a request. Anyway, there, the other way to call uh, is to call in. Now, the number has changed. Time, many years, we had the same... But, you know, things had to change, so things did change, and we have a new toll-free number, 855-566-3738. That's the toll-free call-in number. And it does work. Uh, anyway, okay, let's get on. Because there's a pile of it, and it is, of course, Friday, and I don't do an evening show, so whatever I'm going to get to, i got to get to now. 
The White House is not going to reveal who attended Obama's secret meeting with Muslim leaders. But, wait a minute, weren't we supposed, didn't, didn't he run on being the most transparent, or having the most transparent administration ever? What did that mean, like transparent liar? Like you're the most transparent liar? We all know you're a liar? Is that it? Is that what he meant by that? Because the American people pretty much took it to mean, you know, that we would get to know what's going on. But we know less what's going on in this administration, even less George Bush, even less than Bill Clinton, less than George Sr. Yeah, the ex-CIA director, you know, the people who like to keep lots of secrets, had a more open administration than Obama does. Obama met with American Muslim leaders this afternoon, according to the White House schedule. Now, that wasn't this afternoon. Uh, This was a couple days ago. Well, two days ago. Two days ago. But so far, the administration is unwilling to reveal who attended the meeting, which, of course, was closed to the press. The White House released a readout of the meeting, claiming that Obama discussed a range of domestic and foreign policy issues, including Obamacare, police fairness, anti-Muslim discrimination, and the upcoming summit on countering violence. The president discussed the need to continue countering ISIS and other groups that commit horrific acts of violence purportedly in the name of Islam. White House, you know, when they say purportedly, hey, the Quran directs them to do this, okay? This business about, oh, uh, you know, that's not all the Muslims and that's not uh, this. You know what? If you are not a Muslim who is considered a radical Muslim engaged in jihad, you are not a good Muslim. As a matter of fact, by your own people, you may be subject to death. That's right. White House Press Secretary, liar, Josh Ernest. They must make these names up. The the furthest thing from being earnest with people. Defended the meeting during his daily press briefing, pointing out that it wasn't unusual for the president to meet with a wide variety of communities from across. Really? When was the last time he met with any Tea Party people? Huh? Ever? Sometimes that includes religious leaders. Sometimes that includes leaders that are involved in academia or other specific issue areas. But the White House was unwilling to release the names of leaders who attended the meeting. Yeah, I wonder how many of these people are actually on the terror watch list. request to the White House for a list of names of those who attended the meeting was not returned. Of course, well, you know what? It sounds like it's time for a FOIA. 
According to the readout, Obama thanked the visitors, noting that his regular interactions with different faith communities provided him with valuable insights and blah, blah, blah. What a bunch of BS. Kid me. Well, you know, there there's too many people in this country that got their eyes just so full of greed and uh, the Republican mantra of business is good, business is good. We got to do anything to get business going, business and money and money and business, and it doesn't matter what the hell happens. You know, it, it's just as insane as the Democrats on the side going, no, we have to stop everything because, you know, farting cows are killing us all. No more meat. you got to be a vegetarian because those cows are, they're, they're, oh, my God, there goes another one farting. It's killing us. It's killing us. Oh, my gosh, the methane, the methane of it all. You know, it, it's ridiculous. And anybody with half a brain ought to realize both sides are complete idiots. There's no other way to put it. And, and you know, I don't think they're idiots. They're doing what they're doing on purpose to push an agenda. Now, there are some idiots following them that really believe it because they're so undereducated, underinformed, and have no ability to critically think whatsoever that they believe everything they're told. But, folks, fracking is a bad idea. Okay? It is an environmental and geological nightmare waiting to happen. Sure, they might be able to pump some more oil out of the ground. They might be able to make lots of money. They might even be able to create some jobs. But really, is it worth poisoning the aquifer? Oh, and maybe destabilizing the Earth's crust? What are you talking about? Well, what am I going to say? Uh, how about a swarm of earthquakes? has shaken parts of Alfalfa County in northern Oklahoma. Well, you know, Oklahoma. Sure, well-known big-time earthquake center. Not. The U.S. Geological Survey says four earthquakes have been recorded around Cherokee and Helena since late Wednesday, including a magnitude 4.3 about five miles east, northeast of Cherokee at 9.08 a.m. The county sheriff's department there, uh... Office manager, Amanda, says the earthquake damaged parts of the courthouse in Cherokee. Amanda says plaster is peeling off interior walls and there is damage to the floor. Amanda also says there's no injuries reported. And that's the end of the story. There's no, uh, gee, uh, why is this happening? Why are there earthquakes in Oklahoma? Why are there earthquakes in New York State? Why are there earthquakes in in Pennsylvania? Uh, hello? Well, let's see. Could it have something to do with the fact that there's people drilling into the crust of the earth and busting it up into little pieces? Did it have something to do with that? Then, which I don't think has anything to do with the earthquakes, I think just the cracking up of all the shale, which is the mantle there, uh, is doing that. But then the water supply 
gets polluted when now they start putting what they call fracking fluid into the uh, earth. And this stuff, they say, oh, you know, it's like water. We take water and we pump it in there and we pump it in and that pushes the oil out. Except it's not water, okay? It's not water. As a matter of fact, the fracking companies are basically keeping what's in it, except people have found out. They are using thorium. Yeah, radioactive material in it on top of other things like benzene. Everybody knows how good benzene is for you to drink, don't you? And, hey, how about that report that came and went away real quickly about water in in the Houston area, Houston, Texas area, that uh, was coming out of the tap radioactive? Golly, I wonder how that happened. Could it be the thorium? That's just all coincidence. It's all just a big conspiracy. It's just them environmental nuts. And besides, oh, uh, Russia has, uh, yeah, that's right, Russia has uh, uh, funded all the anti-fracking. It's just stupid. It's ridiculous. It's, 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 it's crazy. Now, sure, okay, say, yeah, Russia, I'm sure, has a vested interest in stopping fracking. But uh, you know what? It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. You know, if the pharmaceutical companies were funding all these studies about how good their vaccines and all their medicines were, and they actually worked, what would it matter? It wouldn't matter. Okay, fine. You know, well, you paid for it paid them to come up with saying it's good, gee, but it it does work. Of course, they don't work, but, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter who pays for the studies. If they're true, they're true. Fracking is a bad, bad plan. You know, and I'm all for more oil, cheaper gas, more jobs, all that stuff. I'm all for that, but I am not for destroying the nation's aquifers so the rich bastards who buy up huge tracts of lands over aquifers in South America can start selling us bottled water for a dollar a quart. Sorry, I'm not for that. That's what's going to start happening, folks. You know, I have watched some sci-fi. But there has been numerous storylines where on a planet that used to have water... Water is at a premium. Well, many of them, the storylines that is, have some sort of thing that man did to ruin it. They don't go into details because that's not generally the. But think about that possibility. Think about if the majority of the drinkable water on Earth becomes undrinkable at some point. 
well. They pump benzene and radioactive material into the aquifers. What happens then? What happens then, folks? If you can't get water, you will die. They don't have to poison you. They don't have to shoot you. They don't have to hunt you down. They don't have to do anything to you. You just have to wait. Stop dead. And it won't take long either. Days. Uh, it's not a good thing, folks. And uh got all these earthquakes trying to show you, hey, you know, maybe this is a bad plan. Maybe we ought to stop while we can. The only thing that stopped these people was the fact that now their operations are unprofitable. That is the only thing that stopped them. And, you know, we think that, well, hey, OPEC, the Saudis, you know, they were just, uh, you know, they're just doing their own self-interest in business to do this, drop the price down because they can survive it. It only costs them 25 30 bucks a barrel to get out of the ground selling it at 50 you know, they're still making $20, $25 a barrel. Yeah, it's not the kind of profits they're used to, but hey, it's still profit. But the frackers need $75 a barrel. They cannot survive at $50 a barrel. Nor can the North Shore, the North Sea drilling rigs, they can't survive at $50 a barrel. See, when a product costs you more to produce, than what you can sell it for, you're going out of business. Now, we think that, well, that's just because the Saudis want to get rid of their competition. That could be it, and that seems like a reasonable assumption. However, what if there's more? What if somebody somewhere realized, you know what? You're getting real close to destroying the earth, cracking up the mantle. You're destroying the aquifers. Uh, this is a real, real bad thing. You've got to stop. Well, the only way to stop them is to make it unprofitable. Think about that for a second, folks. Think about how many jobs, how much oil, you know, the whole big fracking thing. Let's build pipelines. Let's do lots of things. Let's Because there's all this money to be made, and, right? But the minute it becomes unprofitable, they start shutting down operations. Oh, and they are. They're shutting down operations as fast as they can. See, this is not a big story on the front page, and it ought to be, because there are tons. All those jobs created by fracking are, right now, gone. Those people are laid off. They're not going to work, man, because there is no work. They can't afford to have them at work. And they're not going to be able to afford anything. They're not even going to be able to afford and sit and just maintain their stuff. If this goes on, they're going to go bankrupt. And somebody else will buy all their equipment, buy their claim, and then what happens then? But think about that concept. Something becomes unprofitable, it goes away. Let's take illegal drugs. Why do people
people get involved, and I don't mean users. I don't mean people who use. I don't mean the dirtbag on the side of the street who's also a user. No, no, no. I mean the guys shipping it in on T-130. Oh, did I see T-130? Upgraded to the Galaxy class. But I'm talking about the big-time drug traffickers. Why do they do that? I mean, isn't there a lot of risk? Of course, there's a lot of risk, but there's a lot of money. Lots and lots of money. Because there's lots and lots of risk. Lots of risk, there's lots of money. Why commercial fishermen get paid a lot of money? There's a lot of risk. This is why we say cops get paid a lot of money, because there's a lot of risk, except they're lying because there really isn't a lot of risk. Oh, it's just every time one of them dies, it's the front-page news story. How come we don't see every time a construction worker dies on, on a, a construction site? How come we don't see every time an over-the-road truck driver dies on the front news? Why don't we see, you know, any time a uh, longshoreman or a commercial fisherman dies? Why isn't that plastered all over the front page? Like every time a cop gets shot know what? Cops get shot a lot less than any of those other people get that get dead on their job. Didn't know that, did you? Over the road truck drivers have a more dangerous job than police. Huh. Anyway. So look at the illegal drug thing, folks. Look at marijuana. I just read you a story the other day that, well, you know, the Mexican drug cartels are now getting into refining their poppies into ash white heroin instead of that black tar Mexican crap they use. Why? Because it said right in the article, they're losing money by marijuana becoming legal in the United States. It's only three states in the United States, and it's already affecting the profits of the Mexican drug cartels. Gee, so if you wanted to put the Mexican drug cartels out of business, wouldn't you make all their products legal? You would if that's what you wanted, but you see the federal government of the United States that, and the government of Mexico, I might add, this is not what they want. They don't want the Mexican drug cartels out of business because the Mexican drug cartels are their partners. That's right. You do the uh, heavy lifting for us. We'll run cover and transport for you. That's right. We'll transport it for you. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll make sure, if, if we have the third-party uh, transport it, we'll make sure that, you know, you get. Yep. Take a break. We'll be back in just a bit. Oh, my God. 
things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 225 4659. That's 541 225 4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, welcome back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steph, and you're listening right here. Day of February 2015. It's Friday. It's about 12:42 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. Anyway, uh, if that's all true where you're at, we are live, and you can uh, participate by going to theamericanvoice.com or American. Uh, normally, they both have the identical site on them, but today, for right now, anyway, they have different ones. One has the old site that everybody's used to seeing now, and AmericanVoiceRadio.com has the new site, the updated site. Now, I got half of it done last night and figured, you know, I'm tired, I'm going to quit, so I'll do it tomorrow. So... All night long, we've had two different uh, pages up. They both work, but the thing is, they they look a little different, not too bad. Anyhow, so you can participate that way by going there. The you can also call in. We've got a new toll uh, free number eight five 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 six six three seven three eight eight five 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 six six three eight. It is toll free. Because a lot of you got a cell phone, and you're still going to pay for minutes, which seems calling a cell phone, then I shouldn't be charged for your minutes, or you shouldn't if you dial an 800 number. I mean, something, you know, the phone companies are making out here. They're double billing is what they're doing. Anyway, we are... uh, are going through a uh, a pretty bad storm here in southern Oregon. Uh, Big winds, lots of rain. We are, the big winds are the real problem. Uh, Valley, uh, apparently, off of big winds, a lot. Pretty, uh, you know, it's not necessarily so cold. I mean, it's like but it is February, so I guess you'd call it a winter storm. I always figure there ought to be snow involved with a winter storm. I guess not this time, but this is definitely a storm, and it's definitely winter, so uh, we're having a bad winter storm, and it's crumbling outside really bad. We have things up, but the wind. Anyway, so that's the thing, and so keep in mind, you folks listening, if we uh, quit transmitting at any time today, uh, it's probably because the the power went out or, you know, storm-related happened. Going on, just be informed. All right, let's get back to the stuff. Oh, yes, not that we were playing Stump the Room, because nobody even guessed in the room, but uh, the All-Stars. And the second song was Rockabilly Aces Wild. All right. Get back to some news. Um. 
what should we get to here? I just got done with the uh, whole. You're going to like this. You're really going to like this, especially those of you out there trying to, you know, follow the so-called law. Whether it applies to you or not, you're trying to do it and get along with the IRS and all that. You're going to uh, Illegal aliens are going to be receiving credit. That's right, because now they've been given amnesty. Not lawfully, but, you know, Obama's given them an And uh, they're going to be eligible to re- receive. Wow. Hey, get this. Those who were... Now, all that you need to do this is a Social Security number, right? And they're... Get this. The person who is here in the U.S. unlawfully could be able to file an amended tax return for up to the last three years, possibly upwards of $24,000 in tax credit, okay? Meaning, because the last three years, say you were here and you didn't have a Social Security number, well, you're an illegal and you're not allowed to have one. But now that Obama, stroke of a pen, ignore the law, now, ooh, you can have one. So now you get one and you go down, and the IRS is allowing you to go back ex post facto and claim your tax credits for the three years that you didn't have a Social Security number and were not eligible for those tax credits, but now you can have them because now – Everything's nice and you have a Social Security. Isn't that sweet, folks? Listen, the administration is encouraging, is giving incentives, is subsidizing these people who are coming here illegally. All right? They are subsidizing them. Well, you subsidize things you want to happen. In the picture here? The Obama administration and the Republicans, because look at these scumbags like Boner in there. you got to keep putting the hammer down on these people, reminding them, listen, you know what? The only reason you have a majority is because stop get these illegals the hell out of this country and to get rid of Obamacare. Those are the two reasons Republicans have a majority. There is no other reason they have a majority. Those were the two promises they made that the American people accepted and said, okay, fine. We'll put you in there. You get that done. And what did they do the minute they got in there? Started backpedaling. Oh, well, you know, it was just a campaign promise after all. And, uh, uh, that it's okay to lie to you as long as it's just that. Huh. 
So here's something else. This, I read this whole story earlier. There's a army named Matt, and he was a captain, now he's a major, named Matt Goldstein. Up. You can read the whole story yourself, but if you really want to get outraged, look up Matt G O L S T. Look him up. You'll find out this guy. You know, as far as okay, you know, you get in a war. It doesn't matter what the war is. Is it justified? Is it not justified? That's not the question. So we have a man who is acted absolutely heroically. You can read the story yourself about what he did, but you know, I'm telling you, this this what this guy did is, you know, okay. Well, what else is there a hero? Okay, I mean, a hero can run into a burning building and 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 go rescue children. That's a hero too. I mean, but what this guy did was heroic, and he received a medal for it, okay? Everybody there, everybody in Afghanistan who knew this guy knew that this guy is, you know, this guy acts this way, man. He's a hero, okay? And he did receive a silver star for it and was told, okay, by Lieutenant General John McHolland, who was then the commander of the Army Special Operations Command, that an upgrade to the Silver Star was in order, which is the next uh, thing up from the Medal of Honor. Silver Star is pretty high up. Well, guess what? So we have this hero. Then, in 2011, shortly after a book, by author and Marine Bing West came out that detailed Goldstein's heroism and quoted him making critical remarks about the American strategy in Afghanistan because there is no American strategy in Afghanistan. It's the same bunch of dimwits at the Pentagon running Afghanistan that were running Vietnam. They're a bunch of moron political hacks, okay? They're nothing but stuffed shirts politicians pretending to be military men. That's what you've got running around in the Pentagon. It's a disgrace. But that's just my opinion. Guess what happened after that? Well, apparently somebody at the Pentagon can actually read. And they read the book. And then the Army launched a criminal investigation into his actions during the battle. Yeah. Investigation apparently had nothing to do with the acts of bravery that had earned Goldstein his medal. Instead, according to the Washington Post, which cited officials familiar with the case, it concerned an undisclosed violation of the military's rules of engagement in combat for killing a known enemy fighter and bomb maker. Wait a minute, aren't we supposed to be killing known enemies? 
enemy fighters and bomb makers? Isn't that what? Who are they? Hey, wait a minute. If they're not supposed to be killing those guys, who are they supposed to be killing? Anyway, the investigation stretched on for nearly two years, during which time the Army put Goldstein's career on ice, meaning you're not getting promoted, you're not doing anything, you're not having a real job, you sit at that desk and be quiet. In 2014, Goldstein and his lawyer were informed that the investigation was finally complete, no charges were filed, but he still wasn't released from his administrative limbo. Duncan Hunt, Congressman Duncan Hunter got involved, other people got involved, but you know what? Army, this piece of garbage uh, Secretary of the Army, John McHugh, this piece of garbage, uh, you know, says that, well, he didn't say this, but he submitted innuendo to the congressman that he was privy to derogatory information regarding Goldstein's record. But he wouldn't say what it is. See, this is what, this is how your political hacks at the Pentagon, this is how the United States government honors its real heroes. Meanwhile, the administration is letting loose deserters. Yes, let's trade five known terrorists for one army deserter. Yeah, let's do that. There you go. He's bro. No, he's a deserter. He should go to Leavenworth. Meanwhile, a real hero, what do they do? They slam him, honor him publicly. Now, the Pentagon just makes me sick. Always makes me sick, no matter what it is he does. It's John McCain, the shame. Yeah, that's right. Now his big deal, that because, get this, there's accusations that China is behind a hack attack on a U.S. health insurance giant. The GOP senator sent a letter to Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel and Deputy Defense Secretary Robert Works urging them to reject China's invitation to have a Nimitz-class vessel make a historic port of call. Big worries? Sending such a platform to China would be... Despite Beijing's recent record of aggressive behavior in the East and South China Sea. Uh, you know why they call it the South China Sea? Hello? Somebody bump that dummy on the head and wake him up, would you? I mean, come on. They call it the South China Sea because it is Chinese territory. Says, now get this. This is, this is rich. I believe it would also send the wrong signal to allies and partners throughout the region, including Japan, the Philippines, Taiwan, and Vietnam. I'll remind you that every one of those except Taiwan was an enemy of the United States, okay? Who we conquered. Now they're allies and partners, yeah. 
and they are looking to the United States for leadership in the face of China's continued use of coercion to pursue its territorial claims. Give me a break. You know, this is coming from a senator who represents a nation that has claimed all of South America, all of the Caribbean, that, hey, nobody from nowhere can go there. We'll call it the Monroe Doctrine, and if you come anywhere within uh, sight of us, uh, we'll go to war with you. And we got the nerve to say that somebody is exercising their territorial... Yeah, what? Talk about hypocrisy, man. I mean, give, give me a break. Well, here's something... Are too many vaccines destroying kids' immune systems? Headline. Today's children should look like pincushions from the dozens of vaccines they get from birth to age of 18. According to the Centers of Disease Control, the onslaught begins within 12 hours of birth when many babies get a hepatitis B vaccine because, you know, babies are exposed to hepatitis a lot. You know, got to get out there and start a, you know, Start engaging in risky behavior 12 hours after you're born, I suppose. After At two months, eight more vaccines follow, including polio, tetanus, diphtheria, and percussion. And throughout the next few months, they are subjected to boosters of the vaccines they've already had, plus additional vaccines. The CDC recommends that children get 49 doses of 14 vaccines before they reach the age of six. And the total reaches 69 doses by the age of 18. Wow. Are you kidding me? How can that possibly be good for anybody? Say insane. And I didn't even get to the story about the, uh, you know, the antidepressant zombie uh, no more time. We are out of time. But, hey, you know what, folks? You better get to the stores. You better get what you can, what's on the shelves, because this thing, if, if you're, uh, you know, west of the Mississippi, better think about it, because the thing is, these western ports might be shutting down. And if they do, there are going to be shortages of all kinds of things on the shelves. You can already start seeing it out here in places like Walmart and the big chain stores. I'm telling you, folks. Try to get ready, man. You keep sitting around thinking it won't happen. One day you're going to wake up and realize it's already happened and you're screwed. You don't want that. Get ready. Get prepared. Have a good weekend, folks. I'll see you Monday. Stay tuned for Financial Survival. And as always, thanks for listening. They say we don't listen anyway. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19, same network, double the choices.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adisk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. And today is Friday, February 6, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Well, Melody. Oh, it's just another one of those days in the market, and uh, certainly uh, they can do anything they, they want to do at this point in time, but we had a little bit of pressure on gold today. We have gold down uh, in uh, the aftermarket New York spot price, 2880, 2880 at 1236. 1236, got to get a new pen here, 1236. We have uh, silver down 52 at 1680. We have platinum down 29 bucks at 12.26 and we have palladium down 7 at 7.88. We have naturally if we see those large increases in or the large decreases in gold, you're going to see a big increase in the index which we have 1.12. I saw it as high as 1.20 today, so a big move, one day move. I mean, Things just normally don't happen to that degree in markets, but you do here in the U.S. of A markets. 94.66 for the USDX. Crude oil today was up one and a half at 51.99. And the paper markets today, we're looking at, it looks like the Dow is coming in at 60 points to the downside at 17,824. You have the NASDAQ down 20. At 47.44, the S&P was also down seven points at 2,055. 10-year yield was up 0.12 at 1.94%. Euro 
Oh, that took a big dip, of course. We also expected that with the uh, dollar strength. So that was down 1.36 at 1.13. So big drop in the euro today. And, uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, we did have the... Um, you haven't had your coffee, have you? Yeah, I had a little bit of it. But uh, you didn't have enough, so... <laughs> They did come out with uh, uh, the jobs report today. It showed that the U.S. employers added 257,000 jobs in January, and wages jumped up by the most in six years, evidence that, hey, that job market is closer to full health. Well, maybe, yeah, I'd like to, for them to describe health. And uh, the game was far better, of course, than 230,000 jobs in Canada's unexpected. Adding to the strong report, there were revisions that showed hiring was far stronger in November and December than previously estimated, of course. And uh, it doesn't really match up with the retail numbers and everything else, but, hey, hiring was good anyway. Right, Al? I think so. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people have been calling in to give make job offers to me, Melody. I have opportunities to work six different jobs now. Oh well, that's that's, that's just part of our be able to take advantage of them, of course. But yeah. but uh, so that so that way we're at that it. contributes. You're to just the, thinking it, about it, and yeah, absolutely. So that's you know you're on that. You're talking about the unemployment rate. And here's an article in the Fiscal Times, printed on Yahoo, republished on Yahoo, and the headline is the unemployment rate of 5.7 percent. Just a big lie. Of course it is. Well, this is interesting though because. John Williams at shadowstats.com has been arguing that the real unemployment rate is over 20%, and that argument has been there for a number of years. When he calculates the unemployment rates and the uh, inflation rates and whatever other, he uses the same formula that we were using 15, 20 years ago in this country. The governments have changed the formula since then, and the new and improved formulas generate more positive results. But he's saying, here's the real deal, and he goes back and he says, according to his calculations, unemployment is running in excess of 20%. All right? And when you count the people who don't have jobs, the government says, well, if they're not looking for jobs anymore, we don't, we don't count them as unemployed. Well, yeah, after you can't find one for a couple of years, a lot of people just tend to sit back and light up a joint and watch TV. That's what's happening, at least in a lot of instances. Now, Williams has his position, and I'm inclined to agree with it, but I don't know that he's right. All right? But he has a credible position, and what's interesting to me is that here we have a mainstream news outlet, the Fiscal Times, more or less mainstream, and they're coming up and they're saying, is the unemployment rate of 5.7% just a big lie. The idea that John Williams has been trying to promote for several years now is finally getting in front of the public in the mainstream news media. And they're beginning to wonder, gee, maybe the unemployment rate is not just 5.7%. Well, that strikes me as interesting. It strikes me as news. It strikes me as a a sign that we're moving closer to some kind of reality where the public
public and even the mainstream news is not necessarily buying the government's, you know, lies. They're saying, hey, wait a second, wait a minute, maybe there's another side to this. Maybe the numbers we get from the Obama administration, it's hard to believe, I know, but maybe they're not true. So changes are afoot. They haven't come to the conclusion that it is just a big lie, but they are beginning to consider that possibility. And for me, that's it's cause for celebration because I cannot, I just can't wrap my mind around the idea that this economy is going to somehow succeed if we could only tell better lies. We need what does this what this country needs is newer, better lies. The kind of the kind of bull manure that everybody will automatically believe. And that's the search that's going on in the Obama administration. And I'm looking for solutions to problems. They're looking for better lies in order to convince people that there is no problem. That's the solution to the problem. Conceal the problem with deceptive lies. So we're seeing some progress. I can't believe that's going to work for long. I could be wrong. But I have to imagine, I just have to believe that we're going to have to go back and face the truth if we actually want to solve our problems. So. Well, absolutely. Do you know the, the pathetic part of this whole deal when you do have truth that is produced by a mainstream, I'm assuming it's somewhat respected and mainstream, maybe not 100%, but it's there, certainly not CNN, ABC, and so forth. However, you would think, and you just mentioned Obama, but you would think that the other politicians would say, hey, look at no. this report, yeah. and let's get to the truth. Let's get to the bottom. Let's really find out how many people are not employed in this country. But where are they? There isn't one of them that has a backbone in Washington or in any of these departments where it could so easily. And look, well, I mean, if these people are running for an election in two years. No, they're running right now. Well, I mean, for the election, too. Yeah. Well, it would be the prime time to pick it up and say, hey, let's get these Democrats out of there. But it just goes to show how they are controlled. Yeah, they have a one-party system up there where virtually everyone who gets into office is obligated to support the party line. And it's not the Republican Party line or the Democrat Party line. It's the government party line, and they are both contributing to that. And I can't remember the name of the uh, Oregon uh, congressman. He was there, um, was elected to his first term of office kind of on a fluke. And he did what he thought was right for the people, and he was trying to tell the truth. And his own party, if I recall correctly, it was the Republican Party, they worked against him to see that he was defeated in the next election. If you're not going to play ball, you're not going to play. That's that's the implication of this. And if you're smart and ambitious, you get into Congress, well, if you want to stick around, you better not try telling the truth. Well, folks can flood the offices with these reports. Folks could flood these offices with phone calls and say, we want you to address these numbers. Yeah, but these here's the problem they've got. You know, it's a little it's it's a little bit like that old the old saying, 
that goes back hundreds of years. Uh, oh, what webs we do conceive when first we practice to deceive. Something along those lines. Oh, what tangled webs we weave when first we practice to deceive. And what it means, you start telling lies and the lies start growing. <laughs> it's like fractional reserve banking. You understand? <laughs> you start with a little lie, a $1 bill, and with mm-hmm. fractional reserve banking, you can move that up to 10 or 20 or $50. All right? You have a tangled web once you start to deceive, once you start to lie. How do they explain? How does a congressman or a senator or a president come up and say, <laughs> Oh, you'll never believe this, but, you know, we've been telling you the the unemployment rate was 55 It's really 20. It's really 20%. Well, at least they could just gradually. How do you explain that discrepancy? Well, at least you could gradually. Nobody said anything about it over the past several years. You can't. They can't deal with this without admitting that every congressman and senator up there in the cat house on the Potomac is corrupt. Why didn't anybody tell the truth? Look, if they come up and say, let's go, oh, gee, we made a mistake. It's not 5.7%. It's 7.7%. Okay, we need to go along with that. But if it's 27%, uh-uh. So they're caught in their lives. You're right. They are called in their lives. But and so are we. Exactly. We're calling them, too, not quite in the same way. but They're the spiders who weave the web, and we're the ones that get caught in it. That's right. That's what it comes down to. And it's not, it's not just the government's fault. We get caught in that web of lies because many of us like to hear the lies. Not too many of us really want to face the truth because it, because the implications are often unpleasant. And explain it however you will, the American people are a ready audience for lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a fact. Sure. Right? I can remember when Bush ran against the caucus back in, I don't remember, what, the 1980s? I don't, I don't recall, but... Bush promised to read my lips, <laughs> no new taxes. He was lying, and we elected him. The caucus, he came out, <laughs> and he told the truth. He said, we're going to have to raise taxes, and we threw him out. We're not going <laughs> to let that little Greek tell us the truth. We're Americans. We don't have to listen to the truth. All right? And shortly thereafter, Bush said, oh, I've rethought it, and now uh, we, we will have to raise taxes. So we refused to elect the guy who was telling us the truth. We did elect the guy who was telling us the lies that served our, you know, that pleased us. So what do you do? You have to change. You want to change this country, folks, you actually have to change yourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not about changing the people in Congress or, you know, in the Senate or in the White House. That's part of it, but that's not the deal. First order business, you've got to change yourself and you've got to become something like a lover of truth. And that's hard to imagine. And it sounds, you know, a little bit, a little bit, 
little bit, I don't know, exaggerated. It's, it's, it's the sort of thing you can be skeptical of, but just the same. I'm making a point here. You've got to move to where you appreciate the truth. You don't allow it to offend you. You don't allow it to scare you. You have to understand the first step in solving any problem is an accurate diagnosis. If you think, if somebody's got a tumor in their brain, you've got to diagnose where it is. You can't go in there and just start chopping around until you find something that looks suspicious. You've got to figure out where is that tumor. It's the same thing in medicine. It's the same thing in economics. You've got to accurately identify the problem before you can solve the problem. And that accurate diagnosis always requires you've got to be honest. Somebody's got a brain tumor and you're alleging that they've got bunions, we're not going to solve the problem. We can pretend the problem isn't there and say, oh, that's just a bad case of bunions. No, it's not. We've got brain cancer going on here and someone needs to diagnose the problem in order to solve it. And you can't diagnose the problem with lies. And we're going to have to, we're going to learn that lesson. We're going to either learn it voluntarily or we are going to learn it painfully. But we're going to have to start diagnosing our problems honestly. And if we do that, we can force the government to do much the same. And if we're not going to do it ourselves, the government's going to keep on lying. And inevitably, there's going to be a moment when the truth busts loose, and when it does, we're all going to fall down and go boom. Right? We're going to have a problem. So, oh, my gosh, what's this? It's not 5.7%. It's 20%. Oh, my gosh. You know, information has been there for a long time. It really isn't news. The news would be if people started to relish the truth. That would be news. I mean, that would shake the whole system up. Say, oh, my God, the American people are beginning to want the truth. What will we do? I mean, can you imagine a greater threat to the existing political system? People insist on hearing the truth. There's no telling where it could end. This what is, an idea. No, forget about that. There's, there's no telling what would happen to the system if the American people demanded the truth. It would be. Well, we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> not anytime soon. Not anytime soon. For those of you who are capable of doing so, those of you that are capable of diagnosing the truth, facing the truth, I, you know, looking at it. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? 
Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Adams here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival Programs brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. What's next, Melody? Oh, I just want to remind the listeners it's a great time to be buying gold and silver. We are running a little bit of a a special Uh, today. We have Swiss francs. We have a 120 franc Swiss gold, Helvetia. Uh, they're one of the most popular European gold coins, and uh, uh, they're very beautiful coins and brilliant uncirculated conditions. Uh, it's a great, they're attractive. It's very high-quality coins. It's great for investment, and it's great for barter. And you can pick some of those up today for $275. Just give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Uh, we have an unlimited supply of the Helvetius, uh, the Swiss Gold 20 franc for $275. Give us a call. Make sure you visit our website at dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com.
www.thebrandmarketingmonday.com. Make sure you sign up for a weekly newsletter. And to make this a little bit of a special, if you will include shipping with all your coins. You can buy one, we'll include shipping. Buy two, we'll include shipping. So we'll include shipping in that price of $275. All right, Molly. What, what is our next point of discussion? Well, you like grease. Oh, don't like grease just yet. Not Let's yet. Brian Williams, just because we're talking about we're talking about lies in the first segment of the program. And here's one. Here's headline from the Washington Times: Brian Williams' lie takes social media by storm. Uh, most of you should be familiar with the idea that the NBC host of the nightly news, Brian Williams, he's being slammed on Twitter. Oh, my gosh, being attacked on Twitter. You know, that just sounds so stupid. You know, I was assaulted on Twitter. You know, this is like claiming that, I don't know, somebody gave me a pinch. You know, call the cops, call the FBI. Maybe he is serious, but he's been slammed on Twitter for his false claim that the helicopter he rode in Iraq in 2003 came under heavy fire. In a recent broadcast, Mr. Williams admitted admitted that he made a mistake when recalling the events of 12 years ago. I do that a lot, Melody. You know, I sometimes tell people that, gee, I was being shot at in the car I was driving in 12 years ago, or maybe I wasn't being shot. No, No, that's not true. How do you make a mistake about whether or not someone was shooting at you would actually hit your helicopter? (laughs) <laughs> he claims it was hit by an RPG, a rocket-propelled grenade. All right, that's according to the Los Angeles Times. This is the kind of thing that you remember. If your helicopter, if you're riding in a helicopter and it fall out of the sky, you remember. All right, and if it didn't fall out of the sky, how can you remember it? You know, it's just uh, no. nonsense. He's been going. He's been saying this story for 13 years. When he, I, know. he, I mean, so it's not like he's recalling a story and making, uh, you know, an exaggerating Let's it. He's told this lie from day one back in 2000, whatever year it was. Now, misremembering, as our former president G.W. Bush would say. In any case, uh, Williams apologized and admitted, no, he never came under direct enemy fire to the aircraft. Um, but social media has reacted brutally. Now, I'm not here to defend Brian Williams. I'm not here to defend the mainstream news, NBC, and the rest of them. It's probably several years since I've even seen Mr. Williams on television. Right? I, so I'm not here to defend him. Nevertheless, it strikes me as, an, as interesting that the world is ready to condemn Brian Williams for telling one lie. And yet we don't seem to be the least bit offended by the habitual lies of President Obama or most of the Congress or most of the Senate. Could it be that we have a higher standard for journalists than we do for politicians? Do we trust journalists but don't trust any politicians? Do we expect journalists to tell the truth but we expect politicians to lie? Is that what's going on? If so... But if a journalist lies once, he betrays our trust. We trust journalists, and they say, we're catching a lie. That's, oh, that's it. They lied to us. But if a president lies, 
he doesn't betray us because we haven't trusted him for years, if ever. You know, we complain, oh, the government's lying. Well, big news, big deal, big news. You know, who cares? Of course they're lying. But if a journalist lies, oh, my gosh. Um, Is that why Obama is not held to the same standard as Brian Williams? Just because we don't trust the politicians, but we do trust the journalists? Do you think that makes any sense? No, what is that just wishful thinking? Well, I think the whole thing is really idiotic. I mean, you know... Why don't they just fire the guy? But then again, I've heard, oh, well, we don't want to destroy his career for making one little lie. Just move on. For 12 years, he's been lying. And it comes into questions that he's possibly have done other lies, like saving a little puppy from a burning fire or something like that. I don't know. But it's just another distraction that, as far as I'm concerned, is meaningless if the, 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 if the, the station that he works for fire them. Be done yeah, with it. Pretty much but they're going to drag this out for weeks, months maybe. I, I doubt if it'll be months, but it's like, let's get to the real news. Let's see what's really going on. And this is a great little distraction. What, you don't think that they didn't know about his lying prior to this? Funny how it was released the same day that Obama made his little statements in the prayer meeting. But what are they talking about? Obama's statements from the prayer meeting or Brian Williams? Most of it's been focused on Brian Williams because we don't want to talk about, you know, the stupid things that Obama says at the prayer meeting. So, I understand, but he's going to have to be fired, I think, because if he doesn't, there's going to be jokes about, what is it, NBC? Is that his boss? I don't know which one it is. I don't either, but I think it's NBC. There are going to be jokes about the NBC. new network for, for lies you can depend on. I mean, there will be jokes like that that will hound them for years. Unless somebody steps up and says, that's it, we cannot be having liars. <laughs> this will be... This is and he's been doing it for thir- how long? I know, and how long is everybody else? Why did they wait so long? For this to come out, they were like saving it. You know, he must. You know, maybe he didn't play somebody's game or something. Who knows? But you know, my question is, why did they release it now? Why did they? Everybody knew. His bosses supposedly knew. A lot of people knew that he was lying. Well, that's because they're liars too. They respect that. You know, it's that old joke. Uh, Andy Rooney. No, not Andy Rooney. Uh, but I can't remember who. I like Andy Rooney. Um, any case, there was a joke, a guy talking about being an agent in Hollywood, and he says the key to this job is sincerity. And once you learn how to fake that, you got it made. Uh, that just cracks me up. That just that particular joke amuses me because it it's so typical of what's going on. We're talking about Brian Williams. Why don't they care if he's a liar? Because he appears to be sincere. It's not a question whether he is sincere. Not a question whether he is honest. The question does he seem sincere to the audience? Mm-hmm. And if he does, then let's keep him up there. We don't care whether he's a liar or not. Doing that. Well, he but, made a mistake. But if he only made the mistake one time 12 years ago, that would be one thing. All right? We could shrug our shoulders, uh, but he's made this mistake repeatedly, which means he's, he's a, he, he lies repeatedly, same as our president does. Mm-hmm. 
And somehow we live in a world where lying has become a survival skill. Your prosperity can depend on your ability to lie better than the other people, than the other liars that are out there. And when that happens, how can this society hold together? There's got to be some sort of a, a restoration, a resurrection of an inclination to tell the truth. Nobody's doing that. We're absorbing the lies and betting that somehow if we tell the lies, if we all agree to tell and believe the same lies, we can prosper. And I'm inclined to say, no, that ain't true. It might work for a while, but it's got to end badly. And again, this business with Brian Williams, it's it's the idea that, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. He tells the first lie, and he, now he's caught. He's committed. He's got to keep telling that lie, point one, or admit that he lied in the first place. Point two, all of the executives... NBC, if I understand correctly, they understood his line. What are they going to say now? They're part of the tangled web. They're caught in it. They can't, well, we knew he was lying, but, you know, he's such a likable guy. We thought, what the heck? What difference does it make? They can't admit that they were caught up in this without also saying we're a bunch of liars. So what are you going to do with it? Just ignore it and move on to the next story, I guess. I'm not sure, but I think in the end they're going to have to make an example of Brian and show him the door. That's my guess. I'm not sure how soon they're going to do that, but my guess is they'll probably have to do that, even though they don't want to. Even though the the executives of NBC don't care whether he lies or doesn't lie, but they can't say that to the public. So they're going to have to say, Brian, we like you, but uh, sorry, you got to go, kid. Who are they going to? I think the only thing that's holding them up there right now is who's going to replace him. Where are they going to find someone else? Because they're going to have to vet. <laughs> they're going to have to really dig into the next guy or girl who becomes anchorman for NBC Nightly News to make sure they don't have any lies on their resume and they don't have any lies in their past history. Because it's not going to do to replace one liar with another liar. And so it's going to be well. We're looking for now, we're like Diogenes. We're looking for an honest man. Anybody know where we can find an honest man to be the NBC nightly news anchorman? Get your candle, get your lantern, start looking, folks. We're going to have us. We're going to have some sort of a contest. First one who can find an honest man to be the anchor man for NBC wins, uh, who knows, a million dollars and a new Cadillac or something. I don't know. What do you think, Lily? Well, it's probably a little more easier to find an honest man than it is to find an honest journalist. <laughs> well, it may be true. It may be true. But we at least think a journalist is being honest, or at least we like to. It's and it's probably easier to find. Easier to find an honest journalist than it is to find an honest politician. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So, All right. problem. All right. Now we can talk a little bit about Greece. We'll talk. Uh, here's 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 one article from Bloomberg. Greece loses ECB funds. That's the European Central Bank, of course. Raises pressure on Zyprus. That's the new 
Greek Prime Minister. There's the headline. Greece has lost a critical source of funding after the European Central Bank restricted loans to its financial system. That's to Greece's financial system. Unless the European Union wants a 15B cap limit on short-term borrowing set by Greece's creditors is raised, government may run out. The Greek government may run out of cash by the end of this month. That's the problem. All right. Greece doesn't have any money. Greece is not illiquid. Greece is bankrupt. They're down to, according to one report, they've got $2 billion left, or 2 billion euros, one or the other, probably 2 billion euros. They have that left, and they'll probably exhaust that perhaps as early as the 1st of March. Now, some people sit back and say, well, all right, so the government is broke. You know, it's a problem. Yeah, we get that, but What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that Greece has a large amount of bonds that are due to that are coming due. A bunch of them are coming due today. We've got another report that will outline that a little more clearly. They've got a bunch of bonds that are coming due today. There'll be a bunch more that are coming due in a couple of weeks and so on into the future. And if the Greek government, the Greek government is bankrupt and doesn't get any money from the European Union or somebody, then they can't make good on their bonds. And if they default on their bonds, we're looking at you know, the domino effect is here, folks. And we can only wonder, if Greece defaults on its bonds, how far are those dominoes going to click, click, click? All right? Is Greece going to default on its bond and one domino tips over and it causes one other domino to tip over and that's as far as it goes? Or does the one tipping domino cause a dozen or 50 or 100 more dominoes to fall? That's what we're waiting to see here. But the big deal is Greece is going to run out of cash by the end of this month, according to this report. I've seen others that say they'll be out of cash in March. Hard to say, but we're close. We are within 30 days of Greece left to its own devices, won't be able to continue to function. It's going to have to just, the world is going to have to admit, yeah, Greece is broke. Then what? On the face of it, doesn't sound like much, but those Greek bonds are being used as collateral for loans in other parts of the world, particularly in the European Union. And if those Greek bonds default, collateral disappears, they have to call back a bunch of loans, that are multiples of however much the Greek bonds are worth. Thanks to fractional reserve banking, which, you know, as occurred earlier in the program, occurred to me for the first time, that fractional reserve banking, (laughs) it's just a classic example of uh, the complex web we weave when first we practice to deceive. They're deceiving you by telling those little pieces of paper are money. And... One thing leads to another, and now we're sitting at the edge of a collapse. We accepted the lies, and now the truth is coming back. Maybe in the next month, maybe in the next year, maybe in the next five years. Don't know. Truth is coming back, and a lot of people won't like it at all. I'm Alfred Addis. I'm here at the Financial Survival with Melody Cedarstrom, and we'll be back in a moment. Let's see some here, some more commercials. Please stay tuned. 
Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom. American Voice Radio Network, and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I'm Alfred Adesk here with Melody Cedars Tremont Financial Survival brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. Melody, would you like me to continue (laughs) beating the creek issue to death or do you have another subject you'd like? Well, actually, what I'd like to say about Greece, they are having a, a, a meeting next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, uh, they confirmed it today that the finance ministers of the Eurogroup are to hold a special meeting next Wednesday. And, of course, they're going to discuss uh, Greece's debts. And uh, that's a day ahead of a summit of the European Union leaders. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens next week. Uh, Greek shares went down today. Uh, actually, they, the Athens stock fell about 3%. So. All things I don't consider think. that's not enormous, no. in my opinion. Well, they've already they, been they, hit. They do it again and again and again and again. 
Um, but although I think 3% one day, all right, not good, but you know, not enormous. But what we're looking at is Greece and the European Central Bank, and to some degree Greece and Germany, are in, a, in this game of chicken. And we have a few weeks before Greece doesn't have any money to pay off on its bonds. And if somebody doesn't give them some money, and that's all it is, just make a gift of it, because you're not going to get paid back. If somebody doesn't give them some money, those bonds are going to default. And if they do, the problem, you know, domino effect again, could have catastrophic effects on the European Union. It could spread through the financial system. And on the other hand, if they do give Greece some more money, then the rest of them that are also in debt, they're going to say, well, what about us? How about some how about some free money for us? And they are caught between the rock and the hard place. And we have Germany as being intransigent. The European Central Bank is being intransigent. They say, you Greeks got to pay that debt, even though everybody pretty much knows and agrees that the Greeks can't pay the debt. And the Greeks are the ones that are trying to be honest here, where the new prime minister and the new president are saying we're bankrupt. You can't get euros out of a stone. You understand? And the the European Central Bank and Germany is saying, we don't care. We don't care if you're bankrupt. you still got to pay the debts. And there's an article. There's, there's a stretch down here. Let me see if I can find it. The, I won't be able. I've got so much here on the Greece thing. I probably won't be able to be able to pick this up. Here it is. Under the austerity conditions imposed by the European bureaucrats upon the Greek nation, suicides have risen by 35%. Unemployment is nearly 30% overall, nearly 60% for those under the age of 25, having doubled from 2010 levels while wages have fallen by nearly 40%. There's no question that the Greeks are, you know, they have been disabled by their debt problem. It may be that the Greeks are responsible for the debt problem. I'm not going to argue that they're not. But that being said, you know, how long can you keep beating on these people? There is, when you deal with people who have an addiction, there are people around them that are termed psychiatrists, uh, psychologists, they term them enablers. One way or the other, they make sure that the alcoholic has something to drink. They make sure that the crack addict has some drugs to take. These are enablers. They might not be using the drugs themselves, but still they help the people that are addicted to get that. These enablers, I don't care whether they have good intentions or bad intentions. They're doing bad things by enabling people to continue in their addiction. You can say something like that about the people that loaned all this money to Greece in the first place. Has Greece been irresponsible taking this money and say, let the good times roll, party on, dudes? Yes, they have. They've been irresponsible. But, you know, there's a point where you can also sit back and say, you know, you bankers should have brains enough to know that Greece couldn't deal with all of this cash and that you couldn't get your money back. 
You know, if you want to lend all of your money to an alcoholic or you want to lend all your money to a crack addict and then later on say, I'm shocked, shocked, I tell you, the crack addict is not paying back the money I loaned him or her. Ah, come on. There's a point here where the lenders are to some degree responsible for being dumb enough to lend all this money to Greece. And regardless, my point is, Regardless of who we decide is to blame or is mostly to blame, there's plenty of blame to go around here. And the fact remains, Greece can't pay. Plus, the two sides, uh, Greece says we're not going to pay, and the European Central Bank and Germany say you are going to pay. It's rocking the hard place. It's the irresistible force, the immovable object. Somebody's going to have to bend on this, or we're going to see some very interesting things happen over the course of the next weeks or months. Greece can't pay the debt. What's going to happen if Greece runs out of money, the Greek government runs out of money? What happens, Melody? Does that mean Greece will collapse into chaos? It could. They've got enough pensions that they owe to people, Greek citizens and whatever, could go that way. Or will Greece find a way to get by without fiat currencies? You know, if Greece can get by, if they can survive this situation, and I know it's going to be a bumpy ride for sure, but if Greece just goes through it and says, that's it, forget it, we're not paying a nickel on those debts, we're defaulting out all of the debts. We're leaving the European Union, and we're going to try to make it on our own. Well, it's going to be difficult and challenging, but what if they do make it on their own? What if the Greeks are capable of holding their society together with something like barter? What if it turns out that Greeks are able to prove you don't really need that fiat currency? What's that going to do for the central banks of the world? If we begin to see evidence, wait a second. The Greeks are no longer in debt. It took them a year or two, kind of like Iceland. They began to make a strong recovery. And they did it without bankers, the world's central bankers supporting them. Is this possible? There's a lot at stake here in this drama we see unfolding between Greece and the European Union. A lot of implications and a lot of important people or a lot of important institutions stand to lose a great deal. You know, and it's not going, Greece will not be the only loser in this situation. And in the end, the truth appears to be that Greece can't pay the debt. Well, if it can't pay the debt, then it won't pay the debt. One way or another. We can paper it over and try to pretend and push it down the road, kick the can down the road a little further and pretend this is all going to work out just fine over the three years from now. But the truth is, Greece can't pay the debt. And if that's the truth, the Greek Greek bonds are probably worthless. Those people who've invested in those bonds are going to probably lose their assets. And the consequences of losing those assets are going to impact people across the European Union. How badly, I don't know. We'll watch and see. 
But the truth is they don't have the money to pay. And somebody's going to have to deal with that truth before long. Greece for sure, but Germany, they're going to have to miss oh, these people. We loan money to somebody doesn't have the money to pay, don't have the resources. We've loaned, yeah, the European Central Bank, same thing. So there's going to be, you know, again, this is like, you know, we wonder if there's going to be a black swan event that's going to trigger something that takes down the entire global economy. People speculate, is the black swan, are the black swans coming to get us? It should be a horror movie or something, but the attack of the black swans, Melody. I mean, I do believe there will be an event, and, you know, the big question is, is it this? And, you know, the question is, is the threat, is the big threat not paying the debt, or as you mentioned, is the threat disrupting their currency flow? interfering with their fiat currency. You know? And uh, look what we've done to various countries who who, who try to uh, uh, disconnect from That's the dollar. Obama. And uh, so I mean, we, and look at all this disruption. Yeah, look at all I the mean, disruption look- in the Middle East. And mainly, you could probably, if you followed the money, it would probably come down to um, fiat dollars and, and the petrodollars. So, so which is the threat here? Yeah, it's not just a simple threat of Greece isn't going to pay its bills. All right, that's a big threat. But there's an additional potential threat where if Greece can get through this without just completely, you know, degenerating into chaos, mass murder, and whatever. If Greece can get through this, it's good. A lot of people are going to start wondering, what do we need these central banks for? What do we need that fiat currency for? Maybe there's another way to live in this world without having to do everything through banking. I don't think Greece will be the one to you know, show that that mm-hmm. could be done. However, uh, again, you know, as you see, you certainly to make it a little more aware and uh, and to see if the powers to be, the elite, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, uh, will allow it. And There's, what they will do to keep them from doing that. Yeah, I know. But what can they do other than simply pay Greece's bills? And how are they going to pay them? By spinning more currency out of thin air. More fiat currency to pay off to, to maintain the illusion that Greece is paying its bills. It clearly can't pay its bills. And we have bankruptcy courts in this country to deal with. If you're bankrupt, fine. There's no point to beating that dead horse any further. You're out of money, fine. Let's give the guy a break. File for bankruptcy. Write off your debts. Start your life. I'm sorry about you people who gave this guy some money. He didn't have the resources to pay you back. Too bad for you, but let's move on. Huh? Same thing could be true for Greece as a nation. People could just sit back and, well, yeah, they're broke. You know, what are you going to do? Got to just accept it, go along with it, write it off. <laughs> I got an article here from Reuters, and it's actually Reuters videos, so there's only a brief sentence description. But the headline is, the world is in debt, not just Greece. 
There were numerous promises to tackle debt after the global financial crisis in 2007, but eight years on, consultancy uh, McKinsey and Company says the world's debt mountain is now almost $200 trillion, up by $57 trillion, and this is Christy Bassey reports, and this is a video. Well, first of all, they're saying the world's debt mountain is now almost $200 trillion. This is news from Reuters. The truth of the matter is the Congressional Budget Office has said the United States government, including unfunded liabilities. The Congressional Budget Office has admitted the total debt, including unfunded liabilities, is over $200 trillion. And here we have Reuters reporting that the total world says the world's debt mountain is now almost $200 trillion. No, uh-uh, that ain't even close. If it was only $200 trillion for the whole world, we could handle it. I don't even know what the world's total debt is, but it's probably a couple of quadrillion. Huh? So here we have Reuters saying, oh, oh my gosh, we have $200 <laughs> $200 trillion in debt. You know, they're on the right track. The debt is much bigger than than the world is likely to be able to handle. But $200 trillion is not, that's not an earth-shattering quantity of debt. Uh, quadrillion dollars, yeah, that probably is. Two quadrillion dollars, yeah, that is. Right? $200 trillion, not a big deal, folks, but the point is Greece is in debt. The world's in debt. It's not impossible that Greece could precipitate a global reset. We may see governments around the world canceling their debt just because Greece may precipitate that before we're done. We'll watch and see. We're out of time. I'm Alfred Adams here at uh, Financial Survival with Melody Cedarstrom. We'll be back or on Monday. In the meantime, with the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me.
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Everybody, welcome to Freedom Call. It uh, is American Voice Radio. And I'm your host. My name is Poe Greitz. Now, yesterday, I had a close friend stop by. He was a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. And he did not own a weapon. Oh, his wife, I think he said, had a little twenty-two uh, rifle. Anyway, he said with all the crime and the gang-related uh, a predator, street shootings, you can't, even though we live 50 miles uh, southwest of lost wages out here in a little known desert spot, I don't even know if it's on the map, called Sandy Valley, uh, the fact is, is that we have to go into town uh, for shopping. Uh, we have a little grocery store here now, uh, which makes it better because, um, with that little grocery store, you don't have to go in as many times. And we have a, a great uh, little pizza place, and we have one bar, which uh, we used to have two, and that way when you're 86 uh, people, they had a place to go. Now with just one bar, uh, it can make it a little tough uh, when the tension gets high and you got to uh, throw somebody out and there's no place for them to go. But uh, basically, it is a man's dream come true, clear skies, 
no traffic. The Harley-Davidson guy dropped my Harley-Davidson off uh, here a number of months ago, and uh, he said, let me ask you something. What's so special about this place, uh, Sandy Valley? I said, well, you and I uh, have unloaded this Harley-Davidson in the middle of one of the main streets, and uh, we've been talking for a half hour, and there hadn't anybody gone by. He said, well, you know, you're right. My friend said, Bo, uh, I want something to protect myself, my bride, my property, my home, my automobile. I want something that uh, I'm going to go down and get a concealed weapon permit. And uh, I want uh, to have something available. And I think you probably have good advice on what type of weapon. He said, I've been looking at... uh, I saw a Taurus uh, for sale in a gun store. He said, I don't know whether to try to buy them from uh, private individual gun shows, uh, gun stores. He said, I just need uh, you to tell me what would be the one best choice for self-defense individually on the road and in the home. And I said, well, God be praised that you stop by. Because it used to be that I would tell uh, women that they needed to carry a 45 officer's model. Now, 45 caliber is a large caliber uh, pistol, automatic round that has a pretty good kick to it and a big bang and uh, a half inch slug. Now, the problem is that. Uh, that 45, while it will knock down, and that was the reason the 45 auto was made, was to knock down the Moro Indians uh, when we were fighting there in the Philippines. And um, the problem is, is that with a small person, since it is a recoil-operated weapon, if your wrist breaks, or if your arm, if you don't have a good, solid, stable foundation for that receiver, when the round goes off, for the receiver to be recoiled back against the spring and then pick up a new round and carry it all the way forward into battery. If that doesn't happen, then it jams. And so you've got a one-bullet gun, whatever's up the spout. And for a lot of uh, women... If you don't carry a bullet up the spout, then they have to uh, make sure the safety is off and then pull that receiver all the way to the rear and let it go to pick up a round. And there are women who just don't have the finger strength, the pain tolerance, the physical uh, strength to push and pull. You're pushing with the hand holding. Uh, the 45, and you're pulling, uh, with, which is usually holding with the right hand and, and pulling back the receiver uh, with the left hand. And so you can put a female in, in a real difficult position. Now, one answer is you got to make sure the safety is off. Otherwise, that thing's not coming to the rear because there's a physical block there. But if you have trouble, like my mother was a small woman, and she could not pull 
she didn't want a, uh, a round up the spout in the barrel uh, ready uh, to be fired, and uh, yet uh, she could not pull a receiver to the rear. And so uh, we showed her how you can, if you are around a rug, or let's say uh, a maybe a leather car seat wouldn't work as good, but, you know, if you have a hump in the middle of your car, a transmission hump, if there's anything a rug, you can turn the weapon upside down. That way the sights will catch in the nap of the rug, and you can push with that right hand. You can push with both hands, and it'll pull that receiver back and snap around into the chamber. So think about that if you cannot, and you men that are listening or ladies that are listening, get somebody you know who can uh, muscle the automatics, if that's what you're going to have, to put the round in the chamber, and then see how, if there's an emergency, then you can turn that weapon upside down so the magazine is uh, entry is facing up, and now you take the weapon with the barrel pointed uh, toward away from you, and uh, it's upside down, so now the front sight and the rear sight will dig into the nap of the rug and you push with one or both hands until that receiver has come all the way to the rear. Then when you let the tension off or pick the weapon up, it's going to slam forward. And now you've got a round in battery. The reason that I recommend revolvers for women that are not, you know, cowgirls, uh, or women from Oklahoma who usually big enough and uh, and got enough calluses of where you know they can operate that 911. It for a revolver because that revolver is basically always ready to fire. And so I was discussing uh, you know his specific needs uh, if in carrying. See, I've got a 44 mag. It's not uh, Smith and Wesson. It's not a good weapon uh, for carrying. But what I have found is that the Taurus Night Court has a, actually it's a 410 shotgun. And you can get uh, a double-lock buck almost. There are special rounds uh, that you can get uh, that will fire in that Taurus 410 shotgun, plus it will shoot 45 cold. Now, you would think a 410 shotgun, and the first one, the the judge that the Taurus, which is made in Brazil, but still it's the only one making this 410 shotgun, which is a reason that I've got a couple of them. And you would think that this thing would have to be a horse. Well, but the first one that came out was the size of my 44 Magnum. Only the cylinder, of course, is almost twice as long because you got a three-inch Magnum uh, 410 shotgun shell that goes in there. Well, they came out uh, with another one. It is much lighter, much shorter. It's actually easy to carry concealed. Now, it's not like a little tiny 38 Special with no hammer, or it's not like a small 32 automatic, one of these backup uh, guns, 
but it is you're able to carry it concealed. Now, what's the problem? Now, that is a gang buster because when you fire a, a 44 or 45, any of these uh, slugs, when you fire it uh, at uh, someone who would take your life or place you or others in danger, uh, what you have is a, a hole being made in the air uh, the size of it's 45, it's all it's 50, it's, that means it's a half an inch. A 45 is 0.45 inches, a 38.38 inches, and that's as big. And so if you're off target, uh, you're going to miss. If you fire a shotgun, you've got about a six-inch pattern, and if you are shooting uh, these, uh, you can't get the 410 and rifle slug that I know, but they do have special uh 410 ammunition that's not birdshot. You can get it in buckshot uh, in low end, like uh, close to double-odd buck. Uh, there's one that's uh, that's just out now that has three discs plus like four balls. And uh, I have some ammunition that uh, has like uh, six uh, lead balls in each round. But that goes out uh, in about a six-inch pattern. So now when you fire, uh, and again, the Taurus from Brazil, is it is a revolver. It's the only one that is made uh, to fit the 410, and you can shoot the 45 long Colts in it. And uh, it's a good enough pistol, and because of the unique feature of the 410, uh, that if there's a gang out there that's going to try to carjack you, or if there's a gang out there that is going to come through your front door uh, or in any way threaten you, if you when you're shopping, you're going to be taken hostage. Just there's so many situations anymore with high crime rate that uh, with this kind of a weapon, uh, if you aren't uh, pinpoint on, then uh, – this six-inch pattern makes up for it. And so uh, the problem is that this kicks a little more than the 44 Magnum. Well, uh, in the old days, uh, when 44 first came out, the, the Magnum, remember Dirty Harry, uh, back about 1972, I had a 44 Mag at Fort Bragg, and um, I was out uh, shooting it on the range, and uh, my wife came out there. And in those days, uh, women like to put their hair up in these beehives. And so she insisted on accompanying me to the range that day. She cocked that 44 back, using both hands, holding it straight out in front. She fired it. It almost uh, put a permanent dent in her forehead, and it caused the beehive uh, to implode on itself. So uh, uh, that was the first and only round. The 44 is a little too much for a lady to be carrying in a purse, and when they fire it, uh, usually it's going to punish them probably as much if they're not accurate uh, as it does scaring people downrange. But this shotgun actually has a little sharper bite to it but consider you've got about a six-inch pattern out there that it's going to blow a huge hole in. 
And uh, with the noise it makes, uh, one thing I know as a multi-year combat soldier and a gland type is that when there's any sound that isn't normal, you know what an AK-47 sounds like. You know what an M-16 sounds like. You know what a hand grenade sounds like. You know all these sounds that you associate with uh, close hand-to-gland combat. If you hear a noise that's different, then there is a silence. The enemy and you both stop shooting to try to figure out what was that. Was that ours? Was that is this something that I need to readjust myself to? And so with the 410, you have such a weapon. That thing is awesome. Taurus has done a great job. So I highly recommend them. And, again, with the special ammunition now, and uh, it, it holds five rounds. And so I carry uh, five rounds of uh, the buckshot, and I carry one 40, 45 long Colt. Uh, just in case that I want to take a surgical shot first, I can rotate the cylinder around. It's not, though, good because this now this friend wanted this defense weapon for himself, his wife. They want to be able to carry it concealed in the car, protect their home. They want one gun does it all. So that Taurus isn't the weapon. The 44 Magnum is not the weapon. The 45 officer's model is not the weapon. And so he said, well, uh, Bo, I saw a uh, 38 uh, special at this uh, gun store, and uh, he said it's made by Ruger. And I said, one, don't buy a Saturday night special. Don't buy some of these things that uh, maybe the firing pin is going to work once or twice, or uh, maybe the hammer spring is going to break. Uh, or the cylinders don't line up with the barrel just right, so you get a lot of lead spray. I said, get an American-made weapon. Now, here I've been talking about Taurus. And I said, the Ruger actually is all right. And he said, well, what about the 38? And I said, that bullet, as the way that it uh, was made, and used by police forces all over America. Now nine millimeters, almost the very same thing. Ten millimeter, forty caliber. Uh, and I said the problem is that you have to shoot people more than once. And in combat now, uh, when we first, I first went over there in '64, I used an M2 carbine, thirty caliber carbine. The problem, it had a 30-round magazine. We didn't have the M16s when I first went over there. And so uh, it would fire. That carbine was lightweight, 30 rounds. Hey, cool. Uh, it would jam, but it was easy to, uh, to apply immediate action. The problem is that when you shot somebody, you had to keep your focus on that target shooting and shooting until you were absolutely sure the target was dead. And in that time that it takes, you have multiple targets that may be like with a gang or home invasion or combat. You don't have another second or two. You need one round, one kill. 
And so I said, luckily now, I said, you go. He said, and the price was uh, pretty good on this uh, revolver. And I said, he says, very small. It was hammerless. And I said, sounds like a good deal. Now, here's the thing. I'll get the ammunition for you. Because regular 38 special, I have a personal friend, R.D. Diener. He lives in Oklahoma City. He runs gun shows. He had a uh, deal of money that a girlfriend betrayed him over. A, uh, a new boyfriend hit him over the head with a baseball bat. And then, uh, you know, Hardy just being from Oklahoma, being hard-headed, like me being shot in the back of the head, that that uh, left a hell of a lump on him. But uh, he was still conscious, still on his feet. He had a 38 special. He had his left arm and had grabbed the guy. He shot point-blank range. All five rounds. Hit this guy in the face, hit him in the chest, hit him in the arm and hand. The guy yells out to his confederate, he's got a gun, let's get out of here. Friends, I've been telling R.D. for years, don't, I mean, the 38 is lightweight, uh, it's easy to conceal, but the bullet's no good. I know the police have been carrying them, you know, for generations. But the fact is, that is not a one-hit, certain-kill bullet. And Diener, and that's and this guy went home. He lived out on a farm. He pulled the slugs out. When the police came and arrested him, he told them that all these holes in his face and his chest and his arm were, it was a farm accident. Well, if you can shoot a guy five times, and I know these Oklahoma farmers are tough, but it gives you an illustration. Don't shoot somebody with a 38 special and expect in the first round, second round, third round, even at point blank range. That's why I don't carry a 38. Now, hey, 38 special is fine now. It really matters what comes out the spout. So I said, you get your Ruger 38 special, hammerless. I said, that's maybe a little better because you don't take a chance of uh, uh, the hammer uh, grabbing onto the piece of cloth if you have, have it concealed and it, it catches on something. I said, I'll get the ammunition for you. The only ammunition in the world that you should be carrying for your defense is RBCD. Now, this is not an advertisement for RBCD. They don't pay me. They don't ask me. This is because there is no better ammo. And this friend of mine was asking me the question that when I see people and I talk to you, that's what you ask me. And you can. I'm going to give you a toll-free number. The toll-free, and you can get this ammunition at distributor price. If you just say, hey, I was just talking to Bo Greitz, because I happen to be a friend uh, of the man who invented this special ammunition. Now, what makes the RBCD, the best 
bullet in the world, the only bullet you should be carrying for your self-defense. I don't care what caliber it is. I have RBCD in my 44 mag. And it's all right to carry it in a 9mm or a 38 special because the RBCD will make a hole, a 38 special will make a hole in the target that is 7 inches deep and 6 inches across. Now, is that's like a 410 shotgun, isn't it? Now, the reason the RBCD is a much better round than anything else that's out there is, number one, it has less recoil, which means for women, like in a 38, when you very light aluminum, when you pull that trigger, if you the less recoil you have, the better. So that is a big plus. The women uh, can shoot that gun with great confidence. And it doesn't scare them to death, and it doesn't give them a bad hair day, like that 44 mag of mine did. Secondly, is the bullet is at least twice as fast as any other thing that is made in that caliber. And I'm going to teach a karate class tonight here in Sandy Valley, and one of the things I'm going to teach them is the formula for power. The formula for power is mass. How big are you? If you're 220 pounds, now you take that figure, 220. And if you can throw a punch, let's say at uh, at 30 miles an hour, now you take the 30 times itself. Now you take that number of times your mass, and you have the equivalency in energy units. So you take a bullet, whatever, if it's 60, 70, 120, 600 grains is a 50 caliber. And you take the speed. A 45, for example, an RBCD is flying at uh, about 2,100 feet per second. Normally it flies at 850. So you take 2,100 and you take it times itself, then times the weight of the bullet, and you have the energy. So the speed is the most important element. There is no faster ammunition in the in whatever caliber it is. 50 caliber, I actually have a 50 caliber Sabbath round that travels at 6,500 feet per second. Now tell me you want to get hit with that. I can tell you absolutely not. And so the third thing is that the RBCD is frangible. Now, if you look up frangible, it's not like a a dum-dum bullet. It is not like a bullet that's filled with liquid. It's not like a bullet that's made to expand. A frangible bullet means that it it explodes like a shards of a crystal glass that you would fling against the sidewalk. And so you have all the energy in the target doesn't go through like other ammunition. And so the toll-free number, 
688-5985. Again, it's RBCD. You tell them you talk to me, and I told you to call 877-688-5985, and you get that ammunition. You don't need a lot. Just get a box of 50. And then you load everything. I go out plinking, you plink with regular ammunition. But when you load up for defense, you load up with RBCD. That is a loving order. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, I got tons of news for you. But I just had to make this point about RBCD protection. Stay with American Voice Radio. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, requiring minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the freeze-dry guide today freeze-dry-guy at lancet.com. That's freeze-dry-guy at l-a-n-s-e-t dot com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. Americans for Immigration Control is a leading national organization dedicated to reasonable levels of legal immigration and effective enforcement to stop illegal immigration. With more than 250,000 members and supporters nationwide, we are an effective voice for immigration reform. AIC stands up in Washington for the views of most Americans on immigration. We are the leaders in stopping recent legislation to reward 10 million or more illegal aliens with legal status and eventual citizenship. The late Georgia Congressman Charlie Norwood had this to say about us. AIC has earned a reputation among members of Congress as one of the most active and responsive advocacy groups in the field of immigration. Join AIC today. For more information, go to our website, immigrationcontrol.com. That's immigrationcontrol.com or call 540-468-2023. That's 540-468-2023. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. 
This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers with their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I know some of you say, I, I know you. I've been uh, doing this uh, for more than 10 years. Uh, I've been doing it probably for uh, more than 11 years, 12 years. And so I know you. Uh, you, the, the lead on your pencil breaks or, you know, the, these dadgum ballpoint pens, plus it's a Fisher pen, and Paul Fisher's uh, dead now that invented the the pressurized space pen that writes underwater over grease and out in space. Uh, it doesn't write for you. It skips. I'm going to give you the RBCD uh, number again for ammunition. Now, and let me be clear on this. I only talked about uh, like the 38 special because that's what this friend of mine is going to purchase. But you can have, they have a 32 they have 380. Uh, they have 40 caliber. Uh, they have 10 millimeter, 9 millimeter, 44, 45 Colt, uh, 45 Auto. They've got all of the rifle ammunition, all these weird calibers. They got their Russian uh, 7.6239 ammunition. They, they have 50 caliber heavy machine gun ammunition. And like I said, that one uh, Sabbath round, the 50 caliber, I, I just I can't even imagine. That thing is traveling at over 6,000 feet per second. And uh, what I've seen in watching the Barretts in the hands of our snipers, and you see it on YouTube, and you know somebody will send it to you by uh, internet about guys that are videoing our snipers. They will hit an Al Qaeda or a Taliban that is uh, standing around out there picking his nose at 2,000 yards, and uh, you hear this boom. That's because that's where the camera is up by the gun. And then you just see this 
what was a Taliban uh, with a rag top uh, just fly apart. They disintegrate, and this little uh, tag, uh, looked like toilet paper, drifts off downwind. So uh, I'm not saying that uh, you carry, you get a Barrett uh, 50 as in self-protection because it don't conceal unless you're the jolly green giant. Uh, the 50 caliber Barrett uh, doesn't conceal very well and weighs about 26 pounds. And so uh, you can get what I'm saying is they have the RBCD for anything you've got. I mean, I think, uh, uh, I'm sure that they have even, I'm thinking about the Makarov is a, uh, a nine is a, a 380 type. It's a nine millimeter Russian round uh, for this little pistol. And uh, the Tokarev, which was a 7.62 Russian pistol, I don't know if they have that. But who's got a Tokarev anymore that would use it uh, for anything other than just something to talk about on the mantle? All right. Uh, one other thing uh, before I jump into the middle of uh, what I consider to be more important news. As I mentioned uh, yesterday, I didn't have the number uh, where you could send for my brother's keeper. There are all the stories in there that I've been involved uh, with uh, that involve law enforcement, deadly force, and American citizens who uh, were of the opinion that they were guilty of anything, but the police thought otherwise. It has uh, any number of IRS all the way uh, from uh, deadly versions where people died uh, up to where uh, it was resolved more peaceably. I want you to be safe. I don't want anybody pushing you around. And now that the economy, and they just came out today, remember what Obama's been saying all along? Everything's getting better. Everything's getting better. Well, it's still, nationally speaking, today, 9% unemployed. In Las Vegas, it is like 18%. It is twice the national level. And so when you have 18%, in lost wages that are unemployed, well, you got 9% in, where you're living in typical town USA, it means that crime goes up because people are pushed to the edge and they resort to criminal action uh, more often. And so I want you to be safe under all conditions. I want children that are your neighbors. I want old people that live on your block. I want the police that uh, you see in trouble uh, with gang members as you're uh, maybe shopping in town. I want I want somebody that knows what they're doing shooting back with a bullet that doesn't go through a target and hit somebody who is innocent. And the RBCD spends all of its energy. It doesn't go through anything. It explodes inside the target. And uh, I've given you all the reasons. There is no better round, period. And 
And one more time, uh, the toll-free number, 877-688-5985. And tell them, don't just call and say, I want to order a box of uh, whatever you got. Tell them that, hey, Bo Wrights was talking to me and said that I should call you, and so I am. He gave me this number, and he said that I I could get this ammunition uh, for distributor price, and that's what they will charge you. And if anybody says, no, we don't do that for anybody, then you say, let me speak to Roscoe Stoker's daughter. Yeah. Now, the brother, the sons, they're out there working. Uh, They've kept the dad's business going, uh, but uh, the daughter runs the business. You know how the men, they, in a lot of countries, if they got landmines, women walk in front. Uh, If otherwise the men walk walk in front and the women follow. But uh, when they get home, uh, who's got the purse strings? It's usually uh, the matriarch of the family. All right, now let me mention uh, something that I think is uh, interesting. The decision was uh, made today about uh, the husband of the Gabriella Giffords, who was the representative from Arizona, got shot in Tucson uh, in the head, and there were other people that were killed there. Uh, by this guy, well, her husband has a very uh, interesting uh, background. He's a Navy captain. He's a Navy pilot. He is a NASA astronaut, and his name is, uh, and I don't know why, you know, these congresswomen like Gabriella Giffords, why isn't she Gabriella Kelly? Because his name is Mark Kelly, and they're supposed to be married. Anyway, women don't do it anymore. I guess it's just part of the end of the world. But And it, what's really interesting is Mark Kelly has a twin brother named Scott. Both of those guys are Navy pilots. Both of them are astronauts. They went in the astronaut program in 1996, and uh, Mark Uh, Kelly, the husband of Gabriella Giffords, uh, he was due to uh, pilot uh, the last space shuttle mission. It's uh, Endeavor. They actually have a number. It's called STS-134 Endeavor, and it's due to launch uh, April the 16th. you got to be careful about uh, that period in April. A lot of weird things seem to happen. And when you look at April 20th, I mean, you can go back and and just go back and look what's happened just uh, like this last April 20th. And and April 20th, and a lot of times, that's Hitler's birthday, by the way. Hitler the 20th. I mean, Hitler the 20th. April, maybe it ought to. That's a Freudian slip, but. Maybe it ought to be called. I mean, it's April the 16th is the actual mission. He probably won't be back. I don't know how long the mission is going to be for. He's got over 30 days in space. Now, this is his fifth mission, but it's the last one of the shuttle missions. He was due to be the commander, but uh, his wife being shot, 
he pulled himself off of the ready line and uh, was, you know, there by his wife. Well, now, she has been moved, as you have followed this at all, uh, from uh, Tucson. They've moved her to Houston now, to the hospital there. And uh, he says that uh, it's okay with her that she would want him to make this uh, last uh, NASA flight, and so he is going to be the captain, Mark Kelly, uh, that takes off, supposed to take off, uh, be his fifth mission on April the 16th. So uh, she seems to be progressing very well, but I thought it was interesting that uh, his twin brother, they have walked in lockstep, Navy pilots, same Time, same day, they both were accepted as astronauts. Kind of cool, huh? And the fact that God has graced her. Let me tell you something. Uh, I've known people. I, I have been shot with a 45 caliber weapon. I've been pinned down by them a lot of times, and you can they fly at only 850 feet per second, so you can actually see the rounds. Uh, you know, if you're down on your back and somebody's shooting at you and you're looking up, I've even thought about reaching up and, like, trying to catch one, but I knew it would put a hole in my hand. So I, when you get in combat, you think weird things uh, every now and then. Uh, but I have been shot. A forty-five will knock you down. I don't care uh, how big. I don't care what karate stance you're in. You get hit with a forty-five, uh, especially a hydra shock. That's something, you know, that, Really, uh, you can't compress uh, liquid, supposedly. The atomic bomb makers will tell you that they do, but normally you don't. So it really uh, makes a powerful hit. And um, for this woman to be shot in the head, I've been shot in the head, in the back of the head, with a, a Kalashnikov. Uh, and luckily, I'm hard-headed. But this bullet was point-blank range, and it uh, penetrated her brain. In my case, the doctor said, geez, you know, uh, you got a crack in your skull, but it doesn't seem like anything is leaking out. So they put some uh, what I felt like barbed wire back there, metal, uh, metal ties to hold it together, a bunch of them. And I'm, what I'm saying is God has graced this woman. And then the, all the doctors said that she was going to take forever. There would be reverses and all this. She has taken giant steps forward uh, in recovery. So God has graced her, and we need to recognize our Creator's hand in things like this. Praise God. Now, let me mention something about Sunday that... I don't know your preacher. I don't know what church you go to or if you go to church. But uh, they're trying to make this Porn Sunday. Well, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We know that. So a lot of people may not be going to church or the church may be, you know, have big plasma TV up there. They're showing the Super Bowl on. But uh, uh, they're putting on television. I saw this on CNN. They're interviewing a preacher who is going to make his sermon what they call the elephant in the pew. 
which is porn. They say that 40 million Americans are watching porn every day. I, I mean, we got 311 million people. I don't want to believe that 40 million Americans are watching porn. I, you know, I never have. Even when I was a young man, it was not something that, uh, you know, going into these hoochie-coochie places. It was... Uh, it wasn't something, even as a young man, and I'm certainly not homosexual. I got three mules and a daughter. But I just never, I, to me, it's terribly degrading for the women. And I am, I have seen porn. I, I haven't seen the porn, but I've seen families that are broken up because of this, because either the husband, usually, or the wife get addicted on this stuff, and they will, you know, in the Defense Intelligence Agency of the Pentagon, they had a big investigation because one month these DIA employees in the Pentagon spent $60,000 watching, or listening, rather, to porn on the telephone, listening to dirty phone calls. It doesn't sound right, does it? But to me, I'm not sure that I would want to take my family to church on Sunday and the preacher get up there and uh, you know has it on the uh, on the billboard. And who knows? It may bring in some weird kind of people, but saying we're going to uh, this is porn Sunday and we're going to talk about the elephant in the pew, and it's seventy percent of the 40 million people, Americans, every day that's watching porn are doing so in secret, like in these little dark rooms. I think that we have illnesses. We're a sick nation in some ways. But we still are the USA. We are still God's uh, country and his people. And second... uh, Chronicle 714 tells you the whole story. I won't take time to, but God promises. Uh, there's so many promises. Second Corinthians 617, read that promise. He says, I will be your father, and you will be my children. Now, that's a great promise. All right, so I wanted to... Uh, tell you, if you're a preacher, you might want to call up and ask, hey, this thing is going around the nation uh, encouraging uh, churches to have schedule. Was this part of something that the main, like the Baptists, the Presbyterians, uh, etc.? Are we going to talk about porn this Sunday? And if so, uh, I mean, this might be a good chance to keep the kids home. We'll watch the Super Bowl. I don't even know when the Super Bowl is, so maybe... You won't miss church after all. Obama is saying that uh, there has to be a change uh, in Egypt, but he wants a change to be uh, democratic, and uh, he wants a transition of power. This is all what Obama says he wants. Well, in Egypt, uh, Friday is a holy day for Muslims. And uh, 
in Egypt, they were talking about this is the day uh, that the president is going to step down. Mubarak. And uh, Mubarak isn't stepping down. Now, the army has now deployed. See, they've got a police force like we do, and then they've got an army like we do. Well, the army has now deployed. This is like uh, 82nd Airborne going down uh, to Arkansas and Alabama uh, to make sure that uh, black children could go to white schools. Uh, this is martial law. This is like Colorado uh, miners. When the Army sat in the courtrooms to make sure that the judges and the juries were ruling the way that the executive branch, uh, this was Woodrow Wilson's time, wanted. This was martial law. And uh, they've got tanks in the streets. Now the Army's not shooting and killing uh, civilians. But you have this pro-government movement. These are uh, all the guys that they, the government buys up, and then you've got all the, the protesters of CIA uh, funds, and they are having quite a confrontation. But now Obama isn't saying that Mubarak must step down now. That's what the protesters are saying. Obama is saying it has to be a transition, that Obama wants to see it as a free popular democratic election. Now, interestingly enough, uh, the military has, the army has taken the reporters, the Western world reporters, to, quote, a safe place. Now, yesterday, a lot of reporters, this Anderson Cooper is one of them, who's very popular, I think, is a CNN uh, I like uh, listening to his broadcast. He's one of the better commentators. Uh, he got punched. I mean, not once, but he got beat around the, the head and face. Uh, but today, the Army has taken, and they listed 18 uh, of these uh, foreign correspondents to, quote, a safe place. Well, I can imagine a safe place might be a solitary confinement in jail. But I know that Egypt, and by the way, as I mentioned to you when this thing first started, there's 52,000 Americans over there. Well, the State Department uh, has been able to uh, take out about 2,500, but friends, that's not even hardly a drop in the bucket. All right, now I wanted you to know, I've only got a couple of minutes left, uh, and I wanted you to know that this Super Bowl Sunday is kind of interesting because it will be the end of pro football until a new management player union agreement is made. The old rules about players and their rights and management, the old rules expire on the 4th of March. Now, the old rules were that the players got like 53% of the money that comes in from pro football. The first billion went to the owners of the football teams. But all of this expires on the 4th of March, and so the 
there's going to be, you know, this posturing, and we may not. It's you know, the, actually, the the off season pro football starts about a month now. The the Super Bowl used to be in January, now it's in February, and uh, they start this stuff in April again. Uh, but they may not have any players, or the managers may have locked them out. The managers say when this Super Bowl is over, they are locking the doors uh, to uh, their uh, team houses, if you will, as if they were not coming back for a a long period of time. So if you like football, you might try to make sure you get to watch this one because you may not be seeing another one, at least under the regular time. There's a big deal about Ronald Reagan's uh, 100th anniversary uh, coming up, and uh, it's going to be all over the place. Uh, They're going to have a tribute uh, before at uh, Cowboy Stadium in Texas before the game. What they're doing is they have made polls, and they say that college kids don't know nothing about Ronald Reagan. And so they're trying to because they're using him as a super patriot model uh, and he was born February 6th, 1911, and uh, in Illinois. And he died, uh, let's see, when was it? Uh, 5th of June, 2004, he was 93. And so they're doing it everywhere. We got all of this uh, Ronald Reagan uh, programming. So if you start wondering... No, they haven't turned the clock back. It's just something that they got planned. And this is something that I hadn't heard the statistic that I thought I'd pass on. But, you know, we've had a million home foreclosures uh, this last year. Well, 20,000 vets, 20,000 vet families have been put out of their homes because of foreclosure this last year. And it would have been a lot higher if there wouldn't have been a lot of charity and Pentagon special programs. And the weather now, uh, the bad weather for the time being, uh, Puxatami Phil, that uh, groundhog, he saw his shadow, which means more winter weather. Uh, That was yesterday. But they had 18,700 flights have been canceled due to the storm. 500,000 Americans have had their uh, travel uh, interfered with, with just flying travel. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting, uh, all the stuff that's going on. A lot of stuff, uh, you know, here it is Friday, so I won't see you until Monday, God willing. But uh, think about the things that uh, I've talked to you about, and especially about this RBCD, and uh, get yourself a, uh, a home weapon. I'm very serious. What they say. You can write to me on internet to Al Gore's at msn.com, and I'll uh, talk to you more. Stay where you are, American Voice Radio. Upon their chest is our men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three. When the Green Beret Trained to live Off nature's land Trained in combat Hand to hand 
to fund and carry out proactive programs to increase markets for eggs, egg products, and spend money for fowl products through promotion, research, and education. So as the egg industry's promotion arm, the American Egg Board's foremost challenge is to convince the American public that the egg is still one of nature's most perfect foods. And basically their efforts are working because in 2003, their egg production was 79.93 billion table eggs, which meant at that time 235 eggs a year for every single man, woman, and child in the country. So let's cut to the chase. The purpose of a hen's egg is to provide all the materials necessary to develop the one cell created by joining of a cock sperm and a hen's ova into a complete chick with feathers, beak, legs, and tail. And this miraculous growth and development is supported by one and one half pounds package of ingredients, otherwise known as a hen's egg. It's jam-packed with proteins and fats and cholesterol and vitamins and minerals, and it's been called one of nature's most nutritious creations. So, yes, an egg is the richest of all foods and far too much of a good thing for people. The components of a cooked egg, even a hard-boiled egg, are absorbed through the intestines. As a result, this highly concentrated food provides too much cholesterol, too much fat, too much protein for the body to process safely. So the penalties are diseases of overnutrition, heart disease, obesity, type 2 diabetes, just to name a few, and the consequences for malnutrition due to the standard American diet. But eggs are promoted as the ideal source of protein for people and often referred to as a perfect protein. Yes, eggs are indeed high in protein, but the kind of protein in a hen's egg is not ideal for people. There was a study that was done, and the volunteer subjects were fed different foods to determine the ability of humans to utilize various protein mixtures. And what they found was that our bodies can utilize the proteins in a mixture of eggs and potatoes 36% more efficiently than those from eggs alone. So if the protein makeup of eggs were ideal, then you couldn't improve upon it by adding potatoes, could you? And vegetable sources provide for all the protein needs of people and are much safer and more ideal than from a hen's egg. Now, a whole egg is 32% protein, and the white of the egg is essentially 100% protein. So infants, growing children, and adults need, at most, 5% of their calories from protein. So eggs and egg products 
are six to 20 times more concentrated in protein than we need. And what does excess protein do? It places a burden on your body, especially on the organs of metabolism, the liver and the kidneys. So animal proteins, and particularly those from egg whites, are high in troublesome sulfur-containing amino acids and methionine. And the sulfur that I'm referring to is the opposite of the healing sulfur crystals, and you'll see why in a minute. So there are six examples of how excess sulfur-containing amino acids in your diet can adversely affect your health. Number one, amino acids, as the name implies, are acids. And the sulfur-containing amino acids are the strongest acids of all because they break down into powerful sulfuric acid. So excess dietary acid is the primary cause of bone loss, leading to osteoporosis and kidney stone formation. And in case you didn't understand what acid does, acid eats away. Number two, the sulfur-containing amino acid methionine is metabolized into homocysteine. And this homocysteine is a risk factor associated with heart attacks, strokes, peripheral vascular disease, venous thrombosis, dementia, Alzheimer's, and depression. Number three, sulfur feeds cancerous tumors. So the cancerous cell metabolism is dependent upon methionine being present in the diet, whereas the normal cells can grow on a methionine-free diet, feeding off the other sulfur-containing amino acids. Number four, sulfur from the sulfur-containing amino acids is known to be toxic to the tissues of the intestine and have deleterious effects on the human colon, even at low levels, possibly causing ulcerative colitis. Number five, the restriction of methionine in the diet has been shown to prolong the life of experimental animals. Number six, halitosis, body odor, stinky, stinky farts, to the, like the smell of rotten eggs, are a direct result of the sulfur-containing amino acids that we eat. And the foul odors of sulfur gases should be a clear message that something is wrong and deserves our immediate attention. Well, a significant amount of the $14 million collected each year by the American Egg Board is allocated for research projects examining the effects of dietary cholesterol on serum cholesterol levels in order to prove that eating eggs will not raise your risk of dying of a heart attack. This is an endeavor, unbelievably, when you consider that eggs are the most concentrated source of cholesterol in the human diet, being eight times more cholesterol than beef. And in scientific studies on humans, 
it has been shown that eggs have been used as the source to demonstrate the adverse effects of cholesterol on our health and our heart arteries. Well, there's been dozens of papers published in scientific journals and funded by the Egg Nutrition Center and or the American Egg Board downplaying the hazards of eating eggs. So how do they demonstrate that eating loads of these cholesterol-filled delicacies has little effect on blood cholesterol? The trick is to saturate the subjects with cholesterol from other sources like beef and chicken and fish and then add eggs to the diet. And once a person has consumed 400 to 800 milligrams of cholesterol in a day, adding more, like an egg, causes little rise because the bowel cannot absorb much more cholesterol. Then, poor quality studies, often funded by the egg industry, add to the false information they use to vindicate their products. And the actual impact of egg feeding is seen when people who eat little cholesterol are fed eggs. So they did an experiment with seven lacto-vegetarian college students that consumed 97 milligrams of cholesterol daily and were fed one extra large egg for three weeks. And their bad, their LDL cholesterol increased by 12%. So the real-life effects of eggs were investigated in a larger population of nearly 6,000 vegetarians and 5,000 non-vegetarians over a period of 13 years. Within this group of nearly 11,000 people, those eating eggs more than six times a week had a 2.47 times greater risk of dying of heart disease than those eating less than one egg a week. Then they did a 50-year study of 2,000 middle-aged men. It's called the Western Electric Study that found that the dietary reduction and cholesterol intake of 430 milligrams, which is equivalent to two eggs, was associated with a 43% reduction and long-term risk of coronary heart disease, a 23% reduction of risk of death from all causes, and three years longer life expectancy. So in addition to heart disease and higher cholesterol intake, is also associated with more risk of strokes, blood clots, high blood pressure, cancer of the breast, prostate, colon, lung, and brain. Cholesterol is the most damaging to our arteries when it is present in an oxidized form as free radicals. So eggs and egg-derived products are the main source of oxidized cholesterol in our diet. Then there was untainted research from high-quality studies that showed that adding one egg to the daily diet of the average healthy person already eating 200 milligrams of cholesterol from other sources will increase their serum serum cholesterol by about 4%, which translates into an 8% increase in their risk of heart disease. So two 
disease over the next five to ten years. So for younger men, indulgence in two of the Easter bunny treats daily means a 30% higher risk of coronary heart disease over their lifetime. The eggs are filled with too much protein, too much cholesterol, too many calories, too much fat, too much bacteria, and environmental chemical contamination to be consumed with any frequency with any expectation of health. Egg protein is a common source of allergy in infants, children, and adults, producing problems from hives to asthma. Eggs are high in fat, which promotes obesity and type 2 diabetes. Fats and cholesterol in eggs promote the formation of gallstones and gallbladder attacks. Now, egg-borne infections caused by salmonella bacteria will give rise to cramps, diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, chills, fever, and or headaches, and food poisoning called salmonellosis. And eggs are a main contributor to human exposure to dioxins and other environmental chemicals that are known to cause birth defects, neurological damage, and cancer. And many nutritional qualities of eggs are similar to the nutritional qualities of cow milk, cheese, chicken, beef, and fish, foods that are known to cause major health problems when they're consumed in the typical amounts of the people living in the Western societies. So 35 years ago, based on the concerns of the American Heart Association, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, also known as the Federal Treachery Commission, carried out legal action, which was upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court, to compel the egg industry to stop false and misleading advertising claiming that eggs had no harmful effect on health. Well, these dates with with a $412 million annual budget for product promotion, matters are even worse than before, with the egg industry now making unrestrained claims like there's no need to avoid eggs in a heart-healthy diet, or even cholesterol-lowering diets allow moderate amounts of whole eggs, and an egg a day may keep heart disease away and eat your eggs. They're good for you. Well, the problem is, guys, we live in a lawless wild west when it comes to consumer protection from the big food businesses. So you, only you, can defend yourself and your family from such profit-driven bogus claims and the harms that come from them. So I'm just going to leave you with one last thought, okay? Next time you make your eggs, you don't believe me, after you cook your eggs, don't wash the plate or the frying pan just for a day, for 24 hours. Then when you find that you need a chisel to scrape the eggs off the plate and the frying pan, you will realize that what happened to your plate and frying pan is what is happening to your arteries. And as your consumption continues and your arteries become more constricted due to the buildup, 
you will have to admit that you and only you are responsible for the heart attack that could hit you one day. You know, it's it's the diet that we have leaves a hell of a lot to be desired. No, I'm serious. We 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 are subjected to fraud. We are conned by the mainstream media. We we are told what to do as if we are just zombies or lemmings, just navigating through a controlled environment. And what we're led to believe is not necessarily the way it should be. And we have to learn things, and we have to keep an open mind, and we have to look around, and we have to figure out, what the hell am I going to do with myself? How is this going to work? Why do I have these? You know, it's interesting. I'm in a, I'm, I play in two softball leagues, and this guy is suffering from some sort of a breathing problem. And he's a good athlete. The guy hits like crazy. He's really good. He's not that old. He's probably maybe, oh, maybe 59 or 60. Big guy. He's in the construction industry. And he's telling me that he's got this breathing problem and they're putting him on these heavy drugs. And he, it just, it's, it's a nightmare. So I kept telling him about organic sulfur and I kept telling him about bee pollen. And he kept forgetting to call me. So one day about a month ago, I went down there and I brought two containers of sulfur. And I said, look, without postage, this is $76, okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it to you. And I want you to take it twice a day, every day, without fail. And we'll talk about it down the road. And if it doesn't work, you don't pay me. And if it works, you pay me. So, you know, weeks go by. Uh, we didn't play against his team. One day we played against his team, but he never showed up. And it went on and on like this. And then what happened was we played on Monday. And the guy was there. And he walked up to me. And he said, Hesh. I go, oh, hey, man. How you doing, Bronco? He said, i got to give you something. I said, oh, okay. And the guy pulled $76 out of his pocket, and he said to me, I'm breathing normally, and I'm not taking medication. I love you. I mean, just, you know, when something is not promoted by mainstream, people don't want to know about it. They just went crazy. So if you're taking organic sulfur or not taking organic sulfur, if you're taking it, you keep it up. If you're not taking it, you better get started. And the other thing that complements that is fresh bee pollen because the bee pollen is the most amazing food that could ever come I'm serious. It's amazing. It increases energy, increases stamina. It helps to avoid asthma. It's full.
role of antibiotics and probiotics and enzymes and rutin and phenylalanine. I mean, it just goes on and on and on how crazy this stuff is. The problem is if you're not living in an area that produces bee pollen, then you're getting stuff that's hard and old and, you know, it loses its potency. I'm living in Hawaii. I have a friend that processes honey. He makes his own honey from the hives with bees, and I get his bee pollen. And this stuff that would normally sell for about 50 bucks in the store, I sell it for 30 and I'm only making $3 on it. And mine comes in a one-and-a-half-pound one bottle. You can't buy more than six ounces or so in the stores. I mean, it's amazing. Anyway, you know, so we're talking about cancer. We're talking about arthritis and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and osteoporosis and heart disease. Did you know that 100 years ago that barely existed in this country and doctors were going broke and natural remedies were in full spring and full swing, including those used by the herbal healers and the American Indians and the midwives and the doctors that made house calls? Well, so much for that. The, the two world wars brought industry to cities, along with plants that process the food. The politicians in America were amazed at how Hitler used pharmaceuticals and fluoride to weaken the Jews and conquer countries and nations one by one. It was all about control, okay? Now, enter the 50s in the USA and usher in the beginning of health problems that are almost entirely preventable, so they would never have been addressed that They would never be addressed that way again. You have cell mutation from processed, chemicalized food and foodstuffs. You have fluoride in the municipal taps, the same toxin that Hitler used to make the Jews weak in the concentration camps so they couldn't rebel. Does any of this sound familiar? What do you think GMOs do? What do you think that is? What do you think is in the seeds? An herbicide is just a form of a pesticide used to kill weeds. Pesticides kill pests, and the pharmaceutical industry makes most of its money from people who consume chemicals like bugs and weed killer on a daily basis. So you've got to look in the mirror and say, is that me? So let's take a look at the definition of disease. Disease is a disorder of structure or function in a human, an animal, or a plant, especially one that produces specific signs or symptoms or that affects a specific location and is not simply a direct result 
of a physical injury. The key points here are not only being about structure and function, but that cancer is not simply a direct result of physical injury. So then cancer then is an indirect result, and the recurring injury is simply toxic food consumption and stress. So whether or not you call chemical-laden food consumption physical injury, that could redefine the term disease. So a disorder of the cells, which could be prevented or corrected by consuming only raw organic foods in some terms, would not be a disease at all. It's not contagious. So in other words, and it's preventable and usually curable via intervention, especially if you don't use chemical concoctions to quell the symptoms while continuing the chemical food consumption. So let's take a look at some of these disorders. Okay, so we'll start with cancer. Cancer is a disorder of the cells where the cells mutate and multiply out of control and then turn and attack your good cells. The reason Western medicine wants you to believe that cancer is mainly genetic is so that you will accept its fate when you get it, fight it, and take your medicine. Very, very expensive, useless medicine. You want to stop mutating your cells? Stop feeding them poison? carcinogens, and food agents, and then the free radicals will stop beating you up. So when did cancer really take off in the U.S.? In the 50s, the 60s, 98 million Americans were injected with simian cancer viruses as part of the nationwide polio vaccination programs. Learn the truth about cancer. It may not be a disease, but it can be injected by inoculation or infused by consuming genetically modified foods. You need to learn how to alkalize your body for ultimate protection against cancer. What does alkalize mean? Well, if acid is to eat away and alkalinity is the opposite of acidity, then it's building up your immune system. Number two is arthritis, which is the inflammation of one or more joints, where flexible physical points of bone meeting bone through cartilage occur. Well, there's all kinds of forms and causes of arthritis, but the inflammation aspect holds true for oil. So what do you do? Well, you can check out turmeric. You can check out white willow bark. You can check out bromelain and Organic sulfur is the best for treating arthritis. Then you got Alzheimer's. Did you know Alzheimer's is preventable and can be healed through early intervention? But unfortunately, he says with a straight face, the medical mafia 
will not let anyone advertise the cure. Oh, my God, that's for business. So you take away the heavy metal toxins like aluminum and lead from your intake, and you take four teaspoons of raw organic coconut oil every day, and you can find out that you can reverse the onset of Alzheimer's or dementia by doing just that. And it was this doctor in Florida who happens to be the medical director of a, a neonatal intensive care unit at a regional hospital that gives that to her patients. So it's time to read about ketones. And the easiest way to get the body to produce ketones is to consume medium-chain triglycerides. It's a type of fat. What can you, where do you find that? How about hemp seed oil? Then we got Parkinson's. Well, Parkinson's affects a region in the brain. And a group of structures that utilize dopamine as their primary neurotransmitter. So neuronal loss in these regions is associated with brain cell inflammation. See, there's the I word again. You understand? Do you have to boost the intracellular glutathione levels and cut out the antacids and the heavy metal toxins in the water and the food and the flu shots? Yes. Glutathione. I can never pronounce this crap. GSH is glutathione, okay, is a peptide molecule that provides the greatest antioxidant protection you can imagine. Then you've got chia seeds and cilantro and the activated charcoal have been extremely effective at binding and eliminating those toxins. Then we got osteoporosis. <laughs> well, if you dismantle the calcium myth that millions have fallen for over the decades, revealing how the natural remedies for diseases and disorders such as osteoporosis, arthritis, and brittle bones is, how do you get the right kind of calcium? Do you know that when you eat a plant-based diet, you get all the calcium that you need without having to listen to people yell at you for not eating everything that had a face in a mother. Let me tell you, heart disease is not cured with chemical drugs. And you people that are on statin drugs, you're going to continue having heart attacks and neurological issues, including Alzheimer's. Why? Because the brains and the nervous system deteriorate because of the statin drugs' efficacy of reducing cholesterol. Did you know that excess blood calcium that isn't taken into bone tissue calcifies the inner arterial walls? So increase your magnesium, increase your silica, and increase your vitamin K2. That can remedy disease. And you've got to cut back on refined sugar and refined starches 
and you have to totally avoid high fructose corn syrup. So you want to prevent ill disease? The answer is right in front of you, and it's inexpensive. Your food choices can either kill you or pull you out of the disease process and heal you and put you on the longevity track. And that's where you should be. But nobody believes it. And why does nobody believe it? Nobody believes it because when we're little kids, we're never taught that. Never. Never, never, never. No one tells you, here, you can do this, you can do this. No, you can't do this. You can't. So you're raised a certain way and you go through life a certain way and you do things because you're conditioned. Break the conditioning. Take a walk on the wild side. Do not let your tongue control your intelligence. You see, the tongue gets accustomed to certain tastes. This is given. And through the years and years and years and the rituals of putting the same stuff through your taste buds, it's very difficult for your tongue to accept the fact that it's got to accept different tastes and flavors. But the tongue will get used to it if you take control. And you give it to the tongue so the tongue can get used to it rather than give in to the tongue and go back to what he's used to, which is creating all your problems in the first place. So I always tell people, you're going to make a choice. What the hell is three months out of your life? Three months. You go on a plant-based diet. You don't eat any refined grains. Everything is whole grains. Everything, and if you don't like grains, go to the seeds. Quinoa and buckwheat are seeds. They're great. And if, you, if you're living in fluoridated water, for heaven's sake, either get a water purifier or buy bottled water that's been purified or go to a nearby spring and have a I mean, it's it's like, what's the whole purpose? The whole purpose is to keep you sick because keeping you sick funds the industries that want you to stay sick. So me, I'm a rebel. I, I don't, I you know, I, I have to really take a walk on the wild side. And now look at all the crap that we got going on now about measles. <laughs> Jesus, it drives me nuts. Now they're coming out with measles, measles vaccines, and they're telling everybody that you have to get measles vaccines. And if you don't get measles vaccines, then me, as a doctor, I will never treat your child again. You will have to go see another doctor. So now the doctors are conspiring to not treat the innocent little kids whose parents don't want them to get vaccinated. And of course, you got that jerk on USA Today who's saying, well, parents that don't vaccinate their children, they should go to jail. Do you understand how far-reaching big business is that people can accept this as 
curiosity that you have to follow it? Do you do you, do you think I I don't think I'm crazy. I really don't. There is a conspiracy out there by all these businesses who just want to make money. Let them get it from someone else, not from you. So the parents that are concerned about their vaccinated kids potentially contracting measles from unvaccinated kids may want to consider the fact that the bigger health threat is technically the vaccine and not the disease itself. There's been data that's been provided by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Procrastination and the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which is called VAERS, that showed that nobody's ever died from measles in more than 10 years, while at least 108 deaths reported during the same time has been linked to the measles vaccines. Do you see the hypocrisy? And it's the old guys out here. Do you remember when measles wasn't even viewed with the obscene level of paranoia and hysteria being witnessed today? And like chickenpox, measles was this common childhood infection that after running its course, imparted lifelong immunity in those who contracted it. So the risk of serious complications or death from measles has always been overwhelmingly minimal. In other words, with previous generations viewing it as something as a rite of passage. Now fast forward to today. All the rationality, all the common sense has gone out the window. The media is reporting a few isolated cases of measles as if it were the bubonic plague and calling for those who don't vaccinate their kids to be ostracized from the communities or put in prison or putting others at unnecessary risk. But where are the facts in all the substantiated mania, which unfairly tags the unvaccinated as dangerous lepers. Once again, the, the media is discarding the factual reporting in favor of the mindless sensationalism that puts this alleged measles resurgence, and even that claim is ridiculous, to the unvaccinated. And whether or not that claim is actually true Pales in importance compared to the fact that measles really aren't much of a threat in the first place. And the measles vaccine, on the other hand, is a whole different story. There's been, this is a quote, there has been no measles deaths reported in the U.S. since 2003. The Associated Press reported that based on statements made by a Dr. Anne Shuchat, who is the director of the CDC's Natural Center, National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Disease. Meanwhile, the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, 
which captures only a very small percentage of the actual number of injuries and deaths associated with measles vaccines, reports at least 108 deaths associated with measles vaccines since 2003. And of those, 96 deaths were reported in conjunction with the MMR, which is now the preferred vaccine for measles immunization. So there are people out there that will argue that measles deaths are essentially non-existent now because of the measles vaccine, the first of which was introduced in 1963. But that argument is full of crap. The U.S. measles mortality data shows that the deaths for measles rapidly declined in the years leading up to when the first vaccine was introduced, which validated the success of improved sanitation and better nutrition in making measles a non-problem. Do you understand the scam? So what you may or may not have heard is that by 1963, the death rate for measles in the U.S. had already dropped by about 98%. And not long after it was introduced, the first measles vaccine was actually found to manifest worse symptoms of measles in the vaccinated patients than if they hadn't gotten the vaccine at all. And the vaccine suppressed the normal rash and fever associated with measles, obstructing the normal immune response and ultimately leading to future health problems for vaccinated individuals once they reach adulthood. So, whereas natural measles exposure generally left the person with reliable, long, long, lifelong immunity, measles leave, vaccines leave the individual with waning immunity. And this dynamic of waning immunity means we're going to see measles epidemics even in the highly vaccinated population. So, I mean, no matter what happens, no matter where you go, nobody, but nobody wants to speak the truth. Mainstream media and they were going to talk the truth. They don't care. Why would they care? No. Advertising dollars is more important than anything else. I wrote a book. The book is called The Same Diet for an Insane World. We have TV stations here that in the morning they interview local authors. So I went to all the stations. I gave them copies of my book. I never hear back from anybody. And then I find out that they're not interested. I call them. I go in. I talk to them. Nah. It's not, it's not um, suitable. I said, what do you mean it's not suitable? It helps people. And then I finally got to the point where I said, well, I'm just going to be a dick, and I'm just going to talk straight. And that's the only thing I can do. I can only talk straight. So I said, so what you're telling me is you don't want to interview me about my book because it goes against your advertising dollars. You should see how many red spaces I saw 
It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And that's the reason. They're getting all their advertisements from the restaurants. They're getting advertisements from the chemical companies. They get paid off by Monsanto and Syngenta and Dow and all these other chemical companies. And this is what we see on a daily basis. This is what we hear when we watch TV, we listen to the radio. This is what our brain is being filled with. It is all bullshit. It is all about money. And that's like I say, in God we trust, all others pay cash. We, we defeated fluoride way back in 2003. Now, all of a sudden, one of the representatives is trying to introduce, well, he's not trying to introduce a fluoride bill. He's trying to sneak it in and make it part of another bill. So if the bill passes, we have fluoridation. But unfortunately, we're wise to these guys. And about half a dozen of us so far have buried him in emails and brought up facts that he can't deny, and we'll see. But I think we're going to have a fluoride fight in Hawaii because of lies, because of fraud, because of payoffs. Did you know, and I'm sure you did, that years ago, the fluoride used to be a toxic waste byproduct of the phosphate fertilizer industry, the steel industry, the aluminum industry, and they had to dispose of that byproduct in lead-lined drums as a toxic waste byproduct. So how come now it's put into the water? Oh, and they used to pay millions of dollars a year to dispose of it. So how come now, now, it's put into the water supply, and these guys are paid millions for their toxic byproduct because the guy named Edward Bernars, who was an incredible PR guy years ago, undertook a PR campaign and turned it around and made the people believe that fluoride was good. Yet the CDC in their, uh, what year was it, 2001, I think, uh, MMWR uh, periodical said fluoride's effectiveness is on the surface of the tooth and after the tooth comes into the mouth. Well, if it's effective on the surface of the tooth and only after the tooth comes into the mouth, why does anybody have to drink it? If you want fluoride, if you want to protect your enamel, why don't you just get fluoride toothpaste and brush your teeth with it since it only works on the surface of the tooth after the tooth comes into the mouth? Why does it have to go in the water? Because in God we trust, all of us pay cash, and it's all about money. So what do you do? Everywhere you look, everywhere you read, there's countless advertisements for internal health improvements. You want to fix your bloating. You want to fix your irritable bowel syndrome. You want to fix your constipation. You want to fix your heartburn. You want to fix your outlet, your acid reflux, or the millions of other problems with your gut and your digestive system. 
And then you see advertisements for my dancing, Maylocks and Reglin and Nexium and Amaprazolone or tons of other names you can't really pronounce. But don't worry if those cure-alls create rashes or hives or itching or difficulty breathing or loss of appetite or muscle weakness or swelling of the mouth, the lips, the face, and the tongue, or nausea or diarrhea or vomiting or slow reflexes or dizziness or confusion or depression or agitation or a choking feeling or the hundreds of other symptoms that are not spoken here. Don't worry, we have other pills to relieve those symptoms as well. You know that more than 100 million Americans have digestive problems, and two of the top five selling drugs in America are for digestive problems, and they cost us billions and billions of dollars. So what's the remedy for digestive problems? It's the health of your gut that determines what nutrients are absorbed and what toxins and allergens and microbes are kept out. And in fact, the health of your gut is directly linked to the health of your whole body. So in essence, intestinal health is defined as the optimal digestion, absorption, and assimilation of food. It's serious. You have bugs in your digestive tract that have a mind of their own, and their job is to create an internal conglomerate that helps to digest food, regulate hormones, excrete toxins, and produce vitamins and other healing compounds to keep you healthy. But there's always a but. The ecosystem must be comprised of friendly bacteria to keep you healthy. The good guys are the lactobacillus or bifidobacteria, and the bad guys are the parasites in the yeast. But what do you do? Let me tell you, I'm going to make it short and sweet. The standard American diet with its low fiber, high sugar, high dairy, high flesh, processed to death, excess protein eggs, high calorie food, causes all the wrong bacteria and yeast to flourish, damaging the intestinal ecosystem. What do you do? Well, you switch to at least eat way more of the plant-based diet to get more fiber, more nutrients, and more body-friendly foods. You get rid of the foods that are high allergens like gluten, dairy, yeast, GMOs, and addictive sugar. You rebuild your immune system with reputable superfoods and bee pollen, which contain amino acids to help build lean muscles, improve the skin, the hair, support brain function, improve mood, and reduce cravings. Antioxidants to help reduce the oxidative damage from the free radicals, promote your heart health, support joint health, keep your brain healthy, phytonutrients to help alkalinize the body and promote detoxification for health and vitality, and the herbs that help protect the body from stress and support the immune system and help balance the endocrine system, digestive enzymes. I mean, it goes on and on and on. The standard American diet eats away plant-based foods, build and strengthen your immune system. I can't say it enough. I, I, I don't know how much more. I mean, it's, just, it's what I do, you know. I mean, it's, uh, it's the way it is. That's what you have to do. 
There's no two ways around it. That's what you have to do. You've got to get away from a flesh-based diet. You've got to take more plant. Look, if you're going to eat a flesh-based diet, do it once a day. All during the day, everything should be plant-based, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, buckwheat, quinoa, nuts, seeds, everything else. That is the only way you can build your immune system. No other way, no other way, no other way. I think that I'm out of time. (laughs) So if George Harrison is doing his thing, then we'll let George Harrison do his thing, and I will catch you guys next week. And aloha. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC didn't use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Thank you. 
Welcome to New World Order Info, and I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, and it is my live show tonight on Monday, February 2nd, 2015, and I'm going to cover some more information from this book that I gave you some great stuff from last week and it's called The Miracle of Garlic and Vinegar and it's a small paperback book here, let's see it's got about 96 I think pages, 97 pages and it came out in 1994 and it's by James Edmund O'Brien and so I'm just going to kind of pick up where I left off and I was talking about garlic last week and there's more information in here that's really good to know so um let's see okay so we learned last week that garlic acts as an antiseptic it fights infection garlic contains chemicals that prevent cancer And I think it's a good thing, you know, not only for prevention, but I think it could help to cure. Well, I shouldn't say that word, but to heal it. Um, Like I told you, Kelly, I think his name is Kelly Idem, and that's K-E-L-L-Y-E-I-D-E-M. If you look up that name and type in cancer, then you should be able to find the information. I have gone over it before on my show, but I told you that he ate a habanero pepper a day, and he ate some garlic every day when, you know, he had cancer. And he buttered a piece of bread, and he put the habanero pepper in there. I think he kind of pulsed the pepper and the garlic together in, like, a little mini food processor or something like that. And then he just kind of spread that onto the bread 
that had already been, you know, had the butter put on it. And then he probably just folded it up or something and ate it. And between doing that and um, and when he was traveling, he used uh, a hot habanero tincture and, you know, probably uh, ate some garlic or something. So uh, I think the garlic was, you know, I think it, it wasn't just the habanero pepper that helped him to heal his cancer, but I think the garlic was a big part of it, too. So, you know, that's something that you need to decide. And, you know, garlic can thin the blood, so can onions, so can onions and garlic, and so can vitamin C, so can apple cider vinegar, so can fish oil, um, lemon juice, citrus juices can thin the blood too. So be aware of all these things, you know, especially if you have any kind of a blood issue or bleeding issue or, you know, you're on blood thinners, then this might not be, these might not be the things that you can can use. So, you know, check with your doctor whether you're on blood thinners or not. Check with your doctor and do the research about everything you hear me talk about and others talk about or you read about or whatever. And ask your doctor if it's okay and if it's safe for you to do. Because people that are on blood thinners, um, you know, sometimes, like if they've had a, a blood clot, for instance, or something like that, and they're put on a blood thinner, then they're, they can't do anything that could cause them to bleed. I mean, you know, they have to be very careful. So, you know, because then you could have a bleeding problem and your blood's not going to clot. So keep that in mind. But anyway, so garlic acts as an antiseptic. It fights infection. It contains chemicals that prevent cancer. It thins the blood, reducing clotting in high-risk heart patients. And if it were me and I needed some kind of blood thinner, which I definitely don't, but if I did, you know, this is one of them, garlic, garlic and onions, um, vitamin C, and like I said, the, the apple cider vinegar is a blood thinner, um, and cayenne is another blood thinner. And so a lot of people use these different types of things for that purpose. Fish oil is another one. So, um, you know, you may not even realize some things are blood thinners. So you might want to look up natural blood thinners or uh, foods blood thinners, uh, herbs blood thinners, you know, whatever, something like that. You know, just type in blood thinners or um, non-drug blood thinners even, and you'll see probably a whole lot of different things, but these are things to be aware of. But if it were me and I needed some kind of blood thinner, I personally would use, you know, probably one of those, if not, you know, just depending, you know, vitamin C alone, and I think vitamin C mixed with lysine, which a lot of people use for, um, you know, heart attacks, stroke to avoid those, things like that. Um, you know, that's Linus Pauling's protocol. If you want to look that up, I have gone over it on my show, his protocol for avoiding heart attacks and strokes. And I think it would help in, you know, lots of different things, um, like avoiding aneurysms as well and avoiding blood clots. But, um, you know, that's one way you can look that up, Linus Pauling's heart pro protocol. And it involves vitamin C and lysine, and there's other things, too, 
you know, there's more things than just those, but those are the basic two. So, you know, I have taken the lysine and the vitamin C together, and I took six grams of each once, and I had a bleeding problem, and that happens to me easily. So, you know, if you have one of that, that type of problem, you have to be careful. And, you know, I've taken fish oil before when I when I wasn't used to doing so, and I had another bleeding problem to where I really probably should have gone to the hospital, but since I don't do that, you know, <laughs> like transfusion time, it's happened to me several times, and I've never gone to the emergency room or the hospital or anything, and I'm not going to get any kind of blood transfusion. So, you know, um, I stopped doing those things, and it cleared up, and the bleeding stopped. However, it took me a while, you know, like a week. So, anyway, just keep in mind these things can happen, and I'm not telling you not to go to the hospital or the emergency room, you know. Just letting you know what happened in my situation, so beware. So the garlic, though, can um, lower blood pressure, reduce cholesterol, controls triglycerides, stimulates the immune system, prevents and relieves chronic bronchitis, acts as a decongestant and expectorant. So there's all those things that garlic can do, and there's, I'm sure, more than even that. And we learned last week on my show that even today in the former Soviet Union, garlic is still used to kill bacteria and fight infections, and it's used worldwide. But it just seems like unless things have changed since this book was written, you know, maybe even doctors, who knows, over there could be using garlic for their patients. I don't really know. But I know there's, you know, people are a lot more health conscious a lot of places and a lot of times nowadays. Um, you know, there's there's a movement towards getting back to nature, kind of, you know, getting back to natural things and natural remedies and homesteading and homeschooling and, you know, growing your own gardens and being self-sufficient, you know, all these type of things. So that's, I think, a great thing and what our Heavenly Father wants us to do versus depending on, Others, when we have any kind of problems, health problems, or, you know, depending on big pharma drugs or going to a hospital and all that kind of thing, emergency room and doctors, you know, I mean, if there is no doctor, then what are you going to do? You know, are you going to just die because you think the only solution is to go to a doctor or to take a drug or something? So I think we all could could learn these things that can help, you know, in in situations where there is no doctor, which is coming up. You know, we know the Bible tells us the time is going to come when you can't just run to the doctor in the hospital and you can't run to the store and get whatever you need or to get your prescription filled. So, and then all the side effects and adverse reactions that these uh, big pharma drugs cause anyway, you know, and can definitely cause you to die, um, all the over-the-counter drugs and big pharma drugs can cause that, and the same with animals. Even, you know, uh, th- something that you may think is just an antibiotic, you know, or an aspirin, it can actually kill. So, 
you know, and then there's mixing different things together, um, like vaccines, and then you take something else along with, you know, getting the vaccine. The vaccine alone is bad enough. The over-the-counter drug is bad enough, but when you mix the two, maybe you had a side effect from the vaccine or an adverse reaction, so you took some kind of aspirin or something. That can cause all kind of problems, and it can be extremely dangerous, you know. So just uh, keep these things in mind and, you know, learn all you can and research all you can about it. So um, the, the nickname over in apparently the former Soviet Union and throughout Europe, garlic has earned the nickname Russian penicillin. So, And since the 40s, the 1940s, scientific investigation has proven garlic possesses a stunning array of medicinal properties. So um, I told you that garlic has a high sulfur content, and there's been... Um, back when the book was written anyway, Bethesda, Maryland, the National Library of Medicine, contains more than 125 scientific papers written about the medicinal value of garlic since 1983 alone. I'm sure there's been more since then. However, garlic and vitamin C and apple cider vinegar and things like that, this, you know, probably organic sulfur, I'm sure, you know, and lots of other things. Um, I know for a fact vitamin C has been kept out of medical journals. So, um, you know, there there may be a few here and there, little anecdotes or different things that go into medical journals about these things. But for the most part, I believe they've kept them out, and I know they've suppressed the information. You know, the pharmaceutical corporations don't want this information getting out there. So they keep it from getting into the medical journals that the doctors, the allopathic doctors, allopathic doctors read. So, you know, all they are is drug pushers, and they're just brainwashed to push those drugs, you know, and they make a lot of money doing so. They get all kind of kickbacks and bonuses and different things, you know, um, from the pharmaceutical corporations and the representatives that come visit them in their offices and you know, promote these different drugs, and, you know, they get prescribed to patients they should never be prescribed to, like patients that shouldn't be on certain drugs. You know, I don't think anybody should be on them, but, you know, uh, when there's a blatant black and white printed, you know, thing on the warnings for the specific drug, I know for a fact these doctors are ignoring it and they're still prescribing it. Like, don't prescribe it to people over a certain age. They're still doing it, okay? I've seen it myself. I mean, not personally, but to people in my family. So it's being done. They're mixing drugs that are dangerous together and that people should not be on. They're putting people on drugs that they should never be put on. Um, they're misdiagnosing them and... Then they put you on this big cocktail of drugs, you know, and they screw up your entire life and ruin it. So this is what happens. And then you end up having pneumonia, uh, adverse reactions from the drugs. It'll say right on the drugs, this causes pneumonia. You know, this is one of the side effects, pneumonia. Another one could be blood clots, blah, blah, blah. On and on it goes, you know, death. And these reactions, people in my family have had them after being put on the drugs and a multiple, you know, cocktail of drugs that they should never have been put on. So I'm just telling you from firsthand knowledge, this is what happens. And 
you know, then they end up sleeping all the time. They're on drugs they should never be put on. They're misdiagnosed. When really they have a bacterial infection, garlic could help with that. You know, uh, vitamin C could help with that. And so could a lot of things. The coconut oil could help with that. So, and there's many other things too. Um, the apple cider vinegar could help with that and lots of other things. And so when you go get a blood test done after years of suffering with problems and you can't eat and you're depressed and you can't sleep and then, you know, the blood test shows you have a bacterial infection. You have, like, H. pylori and that's bad bacteria in your stomach and that causes you to not have an appetite and to lose weight, you know, and all these things. Then instead of them addressing that and putting you on, which I think would be the best thing is these things I just mentioned um, for that issue, you know, well, they gave them a round of antibiotics. And then instead of the, you know, seeing if the antibiotics worked and then if it didn't, you know, they would give them another round of stronger antibiotics, which is scary to me because that can cause cancer. You know, the more antibiotics you're exposed to, the more yeast gets out of balance in your body and all those. And that can, and a lot of times people that have H. pylori, this bacterial infection, it can turn into cancer of the stomach and does. So um, either way, not treating it or you know, just giving the one course of antibiotics and not testing to see if they still have it, which they still have all the symptoms, so they most likely do, and they're having all these problems instead, then, you know, they get, all that gets pushed to the side, they get put on all these drugs, this cocktail of drugs, going to psychiatrists and diagnosed as things they don't have, like schizophrenic, you know, or psychotic or whatever, you know. And then they get put on antipsychotics, depressants, you know, then when they are almost to the point of dying from being comatose almost because they're sleeping so much, they get put on Ritalin in the morning. So this is the experience I know and, and all the dangerous drugs that should never have been prescribed, the person never had, they were never psychotic, they were just depressed because they couldn't eat or sleep for a long period of time due to this bacterial infection they're stomach. This is the kind of thing that happens to so many people. So uh, then it's just a snowball effect and it gets worse and worse. Blood clots happen, pneumonia happen, on and on it goes and these are adverse reactions to drugs. So why not learn about garlic, all these all natural things and prevent this from happening. Stay away from psychiatrists too and we'll be right back.
Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific.
Welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne. You're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And it is my live show tonight on February 2nd, 2015. So I was just telling you, you know, what's been going on with somebody in my family. And my mother needs your prayers, by the way, so... You know, for those of you that pray for her or have been or have in the past, we definitely appreciate that. And I would definitely appreciate if you keep her in your prayers always. So, um, but I was telling you about garlic and, you know, different things that can happen when one uh, goes to allopathic doctors, you know, instead of uh, trying other things. You know, instead of going the drug route. And then, you know, you go to the psychiatric doctors and everything just is in a downward spiral and, you know, you're, you're suffering greatly. And a lot of other things have happened that I'm not even talking about. So it just gets worse and worse until the day, you know, you get the call and it's the terrible news. But at least the person isn't suffering anymore and, you know, um... It's just sad because people don't want to listen to alternative, you know, information, alternative medicine. They don't want to hear about it. They don't, they won't even give you the time of day to let you try something else or to listen to reason about all these things and why they're happening and, you know, and then just everything is out of control. So I, I just prefer to, to not go that way and to do the things that I believe our Heavenly Father wants us to do. And by the way, I'm not in the chat room and I can't communicate with Frank because I have some kind of a technical issue. Surprise, surprise. Um, I don't know. I, I was able to, I had left my computer on from the last time I was down here. We had a terrible storm last night. We had a lightning strike. It was sound like it struck right, you know, where we live. And Frank, you know, had uh, his T1 was not working, so he was using my DSL to run AVR earlier. So we got that going again, the T1 working, and my Internet was working up at the house, and then I came down here turned on my computer, I didn't get a chance to go online because I was having problems, and then I couldn't sign in or anything to the chat room or Yahoo, so I'm thinking I probably can get online down here, but I have rebooted my computer several times, and then my mouse was working, I can't get past, uh, I can't even get to see anything because I have to press F1 to continue to get away from the black screen. And then, you know, to try to get to the chat room and to sign on to talk to Frank and stuff like that, and I can't do any of that. I've tried and tried everything. I've unplugged and replugged and restarted, and nothing works. So just so you know, that's why I'm not in the chat room or talking to Frank. I can't do that. Okay, so um, this book right here, though, that I have is a good book to have. I believe in your health library, and it's in mine. And I, I got it for a very small amount of money. Um, like I say, it's only like 97 pages long. It's called The Miracle of Garlic and Vinegar. And it, it's just jam-packed full of good information. It's by James Edmund O'Brien. 
and I did cover some material from it last week. In case you didn't hear my show, you might want to go download that. Hopefully it's been uploaded. I'm not quite sure. If not, let Frank know, and he'll get it up there, you know, in, into audio archives right away. I'm pretty sure. But um, so I was telling you about all the things, you know, uh, since the 40s, it has been discovered through scientific investigation, but garlic has been used, you know, since ancient times. So, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, whether the scientists don't really put the information out there or they do, you know, from just ancient youth up to the present day, you know, people have used garlic, and and I do think it's, kind of a miraculous thing, you know, it was put here by our Heavenly Father for us to use and to have, and, and you know, let food be thy medicine, and medicine be thy food, Hippocrates told us, and so I think garlic is one of these medicinal, you know, materials that are put here for us to use, and so are all the wonderful fruits and vegetables, the herbs, you know, um, the organic sulfur, all kind of different things, you know, sulfur, that used to be in the soil and, you know, all the things that God has given us, um, the water alone, you know, um, before it got ruined, polluted with the chemtrails and all the the substances they put in there and, um, you know, just man has, has screwed up everything. But God gave us so many things, you know, that are wonderful for our health. And if we would just use the things he gave us, you know, versus using things that I think come straight from the pits of hell, like pharmaceutical drugs, then I think we would be a lot better off. So, and that's that's the way I see it. And so anyway, this is a good book to get. And so I'm just going to pick up and read some more from this book. But, um... It does say, you know, you need eat nearly a clover to a day, cut up in salads and soups to enjoy its healing properties. So I'm sure that varies depending on how one's state of health is. Like I say, always check with your doctor and realize that it can thin the blood, does thin the blood, and, and when mixed with onions, it can thin the blood too, you know. So, um, and keep in mind all the other blood thinners I told you about earlier during my show today. And there's much more. There's other blood thinners out there, too, so keep that in mind. But heart disease is the leading killer of Americans, accounting for nearly one in two deaths in this country every year. And it may be even higher now. Who knows? But this was back in 1994 when this was written. And studies show garlic can reduce those numbers and protect you and your family. And garlic prevents heart attacks and strokes by controlling the key variables of high cholesterol, which is a big scam, I believe, and they have lowered the number what is considered in America high cholesterol. Um, I believe it used to be like 300, and now it's 200 or so. And, you know, there's people that will go to the doctor, and if their bad cholesterol levels, you know, it could be 100 and just over 100 or something, and they'll tell you you have high cholesterol. So, and then they get you on those drugs. So any, anything they could do to get you on the drugs, whether you, you know, even if you don't even have any kind of problem. And by the way, you can have a stroke from having, um, you know, your cholesterol levels being too high or too low. 
so they don't tell you this. But so um, it can help with these things like high cholesterol, high triglycerides, high blood pressure, and atherosclerosis, which is the deadly process of plaque formation and fat deposits inside the arteries. So can cayenne, by the way, and so can vitamin C and lysine. It can help with all that. Um, so these factors create blockages in the circulatory system that ultimately can choke blood flow to the brain, to the heart muscle, you know, and can result in strokes, heart attacks, aneurysms, blood clots, all these things. And the simplest explanation for this is that garlic sends the blood. Dr. George Blodgett spent six years doing laboratory research back in the 1920s and saw microscopic evidence of garlic's workings. It dissolves fat particles and out-of-place blood clots and helps, you know, keeps them in suspension until they can be eliminated through the bowel. As long as it's circulating and your body's excreting it, it can't hurt you. The stuff works and it beats me while we insist on fancier, more expensive prescription medicines when nature already provides what we need. So that's it in a nutshell right there. I think that's extremely important, you know, what he just said and so true. Dr. Blodgett used garlic as a heart medication during his nearly 70-year practice because it worked. That's all he cared about. What else do you need to know, he said. An esteemed German physician, Dr. Hans Ruder of Cologne, Germany, reported clinical studies in the mid to late 1970s, proving the effectiveness of garlic against heart disease on three fronts, controlling cholesterol, blood pressure, and fatty deposits in the arteries. He recommended just one to three cloves daily. Simply add it to soup or salad. And I would probably, you know, try to go as much as possible eating it raw, although I have read you do get benefits from eating it cooked too, so, you know, you could choose whatever you want to do. Um, you know, people use it just as something that makes their food taste better, but it's really medicinal as well. So, um, you know, I think it's good to get it both ways, but I would definitely make sure to, you know, at least in my case, I try to eat it raw. Um, and like I say, you know, don't forget about the blood thinning aspect of it. But modern medicine works in mysterious ways, and for reasons not readily apparent, it is highly resistant to change. Well, <laughs> the reasons are readily apparent. You know, it's all about the money, and it's about getting you under their control and, you know, doing what they say and not doing what you think is best for you or your, your loved ones, your children, etc. And there's so much evidence about this where they, people that, you know, maybe there's a, I know a young girl, I think she's 17 now, but she has cancer and they've made her go through chemotherapy. She always told her family she never, ever wanted to have chemotherapy if she ever, you know, was diagnosed with cancer and they have forced her to do so. And this happens time and time again. And there's other things that... Um, Wednesday night I'll probably bring up with Frank regarding, you know, the forced vaccinations and things like that, that they're, they're making people, you know, 
take part in, and it's just very scary. So, um, but you know, it's about the money and it's about the control of our lives and what we do, you know, um, what we want to do with our own bodies, and you know, the choices are getting less and less as far as the police state, you know, that has taken over. And so I just think it's a good thing to be as self-sufficient as possible, to learn all you can about how to be your own doctor and, you know, how to avoid using all these big pharma drugs and and maybe going the surgery route, you know, if I don't believe in that either, especially if one has cancer, just going to spread the cancer. And then the radiation causes cancer. So that's one of their treatments for cancer. Um, one of the big three, and cut, burn, and poison, and ruin your immune system, et cetera. So, you know, if it if it were me, and I ended up having that, or thinking I had it, because I'm not going to go get diagnosed, but if I thought I had cancer, you know, I wouldn't go that route. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have surgery, and I wouldn't have radiation, and I wouldn't have chemotherapy. I would do I would be doing so many other things instead, you know, like vitamin C and the garlic and the, the hot peppers, the habanero peppers, things like that. Baking soda and honey is another remedy for cancer that people have healed their cancer with. What are baking soda and honey? Like I've told you for years, you know. So, and then there's baking soda alone, you know, that uh, Dr. Tulio. Simoncini in in Italy have used to heal people of cancer. Um, there's there's many many things. There's lipospheric, liposomal vitamin C. There's um, you know just all kinds of things. Sodium ascorbate, vitamin C, and baking soda, and lots more where that came from. And oxygen, getting oxygen into the cells, and all these things. So, you know, there's all kind of things that can be done versus just going the standard allopathic route for cancer and, and all the other things. And and by the way, I didn't read the actual story, but I saw a headline yesterday, I think it was, on Yahoo about somebody that was in a coma. And from what the headline said or maybe the subtitle to the headline said, the person they were going to pull the plug, so to speak, because they said they were on life support. I don't know if that how true that was because nowadays they could say you're on life support if you have a simple feeding tube. They did that with Terry Schindler Shivo in Florida and they ended up torturing her for years and then they finally murdered her um, by withholding all fluids and all food after they removed her feeding tube. So I don't know what the story was with this woman, but the headline said they were going to take her off life support, and she had four hours before that deadline, you know, was to happen for her to be removed from life support, and she came out of her coma four hours before she was to be basically murdered, you know, or called to die. So, you know, you never know. People have been in comas for 19-plus years or more, and have come out of them as well. So I think, you know, it's up to our Heavenly Father to decide when it's our time to go, not uh, to some medical doctor or team of doctors or whoever the case may be deciding upon you or your loved one's fate. And 
that's my personal opinion anyway. Um, so, you know, I just avoid hospitals like the plague and doctors and all that because once you get in the system, it's hard to get out. And a lot of times you may go into the hospital and maybe it's something, you know, minor or you go to the doctor and it's minor and then it just gets worse and worse because you do what they say and you take their drugs and, you know, they have you in their clutches then, and it's it's all to do with the pharmacia and sorcery, like the Bible warns us about not participating in, and they end up giving you a lot of times um, an affection, and that's happened to people that even a host on AVR, you know, um, they ended up amputating his leg. They wanted to amputate both of his legs, and you know he had he was on dialysis for years. He had you know, chronic kidney disease, and he had diabetes and all kind of medical problems. He used to do his show from the hospital bed countless times. So, and and they did so many things that harmed him, and and that was Richard McGregor on Survival Time, and and that's one of my very favorite shows ever on AVR. So, it does air Fridays. 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time after my show, it re-airs my repeat show, airs 4 to 6 p.m. So, you know, make sure and and listen to that show. It's a wonderful show, all about surviving and and preparedness and survival issues. But unfortunately, he didn't survive because he did go the medical allopathic route, you know. And, you know, he, he ended up having... Um, sores, you know, due to the diabetes and all that, and it turned into, you know, a problem, and that's why they ended up, you know, I think it was gangrenous, and and they, there's many things that can be done for that too, by the way, besides their solution, which is cutting off body parts and mutilating you and maiming you and all these things, but they ended up cutting off his leg below the knee, and then they wanted to amputate his other leg, and Frank and I went and saw him after they did the amputation of his one leg, and and we did try to help him, and others tried to help him too, but it was kind of, you know, at the point where they, they told him, oh, you have this infection, you know, you have this infection, which they gave him, by the way, and they said there's nothing more he can do for you. So, you know, though he was doing some all-natural stuff and vitamin E and different things to help, and, um, you know, Wendy helped him and, and I'm sure sent him things to use, herbs and things like that, um, you know, it was too it was too late by that point. And the doctors told him there's nothing more I can do for you. So he basically listened to them, although he did try, like I say, other things, but it was just too late at that point. And, but the doctors took him off dialysis, and so we went and saw him at the place where he was, a so-called rehab center. But it was basically a place like kind of like hospice or something to where, you know, they're not going to give you, once the doctors say that and you decide to listen to them, then, or they make you listen, whichever, then they're not going to give you anything that prolongs your life or helps you to get better at that point. So they took him off of anything and everything that could help him. Of course, you know, I don't think they really help people, but 
Um, so they weren't doing anything for him, and they were no longer giving him his dialysis treatments, which he he needed to live. So he was he was gone within less than a week after that. But the good thing is, he was born again in Christ and a Christian, and he was he was happy. He was um, you know really happy when we talked to him and everything, and he knew you know where his soul was going and and that he was going home. So he took it really well, and he was he was all right with everything. So, you know, I'm glad that that was the case. And uh, so that's what happened in his case. But anyway, so it, it's just there's so many of these horror stories out there about what these doctors, you know, these allopaths, these psychiatrists do to people, and it's just sick to me. And it is genocide what they're doing to people. But people have been taught their whole lives and brainwashed that the only solution is to go this route and it's not so I hope that you'll listen and maybe it'll you'll take it to heart and it can change your mind and you can go a different way okay so we'll be back don't go anywhere
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541. 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Invest with the